Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric and I'm Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Tracy Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And B.J. Ruscha. I have a great thought. It's The Net Live right now. Whoa. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, see? Wow. There's... What did I tell you earlier? Stop talking to me. You would have given me your computer more than a minute before the show started. Everything I didn't. Fine. I didn't say. Do you need more volume? I said. Does this little box here need more no. volume? I only operate the little box. You have the complex equipment over there. Yeah. I'm busy looking for your bracket on here, which I found easily. I don't know how you're complaining on the challenge. Is that how you say it in the French? Challenge. Challenge. It's Canadian. The French challenge site. Canadian French, apparently. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett and DJ Roche, as usual. On a Monday, enjoying the Volleyverse, as well as things that are not associated with volleyball. We have the challenge bracket happening with the NCAA Women's Field of 64 now. Field of 16. What place am I in? And I I can't figure that out on this site. You have a lot more points than me. I'll tell you that. That's what matters. Yeah, your your score, DJ Ruscha, because you're you're 52. You have 52. You're at KCVB. Big fan of the show. And I am, oh, maybe you're near the top, though. Is it, this one listed in order? I couldn't find it in order before. I don't know. I have no idea. Hoping for the big prize is at 55. That appears to be a good score. I thought I saw 70 near somewhere, but apparently not. I am down at 38, I believe, Jeremy. Mm. But how are your, like, are your, all of my quarterfinal teams are still in it, along with my final four and finalist and winner? Yeah, my, my winner is still in. I believe my final four... Oh, I had Mizzou, so one of my final four teams has been eliminated. Nebraska's still alive. USC is still alive. Penn State's still crushing people. So Penn State is going to take on Michigan State. I had Michigan State losing to Kentucky, but Michigan State is back on track. So good for them. I actually had Ohio beating Michigan State. That hurt me. So sorry, Kathy. My fault. My fault for not believing in the Spartans. Did correctly pick Colorado, though. Colorado to advance one round and then be beaten by Minnesota, so that was good. Yeah, I'm down at 38 points. Uh, Cam has 45, so you're actually beating the host, Jeremy. Good job. Okay. You're, you're slaughtering the host. I am barely on the first page. I actually have only beaten three other people with my bracket thus far. <laughs> it's not good. I took too many chances. Should I should have just picked all four top seats just all the way through. That's yep. I should have done. I should have gone that route. Maria Taylor. Sorry. We have a good show planned for you today. We will talk more about the brackets. We'll talk about the mascot brackets, too, that we put together last week. We hope you had a chance to do that with a friend of yours or a couple of friends and argue about what animal could defeat what animal. (laughs) We had a particularly ferocious-looking eagle mentioned last week in the challenge. There were several eagles, but this was the American University eagle. I I recall it being very large, huge talons, large beak. Yeah, well, it's the American University one, that's why. The American University Eagles, they have talons into a couple of big-time teams. Barry Goldberg, head coach, will join us. 
His team, 34-2, and coming off of their first ever playoff victory and their first ever Sweet 16 appearance. They're going to the Sweet 16. They have defeated Georgia and Duke. Knocked out number 14, Duke. They are on their way. So we will have Barry Goldberg on here. Remember, it's Barry Goldberg, not Barry Goldwater. That's a reminder for you. And not Bill Goldberg. He does not have giant traps. He's not going to body slam us halfway through the interview. Was that Goldberg's first name? Bill? Bill. I just remember him as Goldberg. Goldberg. I, just remember, Gold- I remember I loved Entrance. Do you know Barry Goldwater? Nope. From Watergate? Nope. Does, nope. Barry, does Barry know me? Barry does not know you. Okay. Barry Obama might know you. Okay. Um, right. If I'm looking at this correctly, yes, I have 50 points. Yes. The leader has 55. Yes. So I'm pretty close to the top. You're very close to the top. You're as close to the top as I am far, or as I am close, close to the to bottom. The bottom. Cool. Yeah. You're getting in, what, fifth or something? I don't know. There's I mean, a, lot you're, of, you're tied, a lot of people that have 50. You're tied for second, well, tied for third, really, when it comes to points. Tied for fourth, sorry. Yeah. Tied for fourth, but with a lot of people. It'll separate out as we go through the bracket and you get more points for later picks. I should have filled out a bracket with my uh, mascots, too. I went back to do it, and it was, it was my fault, because they played in the afternoon on that Wednesday, or Thursday afternoon, so I blew it there. We'll have AVCA College Volleyball Weekly. We don't have a poll, but if you were doing a poll right now, there would be a huge shakeup. The ABC waits until it is all over to release the final poll, and you're going to see teams moving all over the place, because we had some good first-round upsets, some good second-round matches, and really, that's what the, the tournament's all about. The American University story is exactly why I've been complaining about the eighth-place team getting in from somewhere. If you have a team, let's say American University did not win their tournament final, Mm -hmm. because they have to do that. In the Patriot League, they have to win the Patriot League in order to get in. Mm -hmm. If they go, they were 32-2 and coming into the tournament. That's a good record. If they were... 31 and 3 lost the finals. Fluky thing can happen. 31 and 3, they would not have been in the tournament. They would have been left out because you wanted an eighth SEC team in. Which it would have been fine because I had Duke beating them in the second round, but American beat them. So. so this is the kind of stuff that I get excited about. Watching these teams that have a chance, kind of thing that makes the NCAA men's tournament matter. Oh, for sure. That's the excitement part of it. Now, are they, are they going to beat Texas? That is the best story. Are they going to beat Texas? Uh, the question is, are they going to take a set off at Texas, in my mind? But we will see what Barry Goldwater has to say about it. Not Goldberg. <laughs> Barry Goldberg. We will see what he has to say about it. You've you got to believe. The athletes believe they're going in. Interesting thing about them, and we'll repeat this when we get to him, but five players with 200-plus kills. They have incredible balance. Nice. And the score from the Duke match looked just like that. They beat him 3-0, right? 3-0, oh, but, but they spread it out. They had three players in double figures, and I think another one close. But they have uh, Christina Linskova, Lindowska, Lindowska, there you go, uh, 405 kills. Juliana Crum, 366 kills. Kelly McCadden, 248. And Allison Capellino, 228. So that's good offensive balance. Sometimes with a lot of these teams, you'll see one hitter with five or 600 kills. Mm-hmm. Next highest is two-something, high yep. twos, you know. This is uh, this is an offense clicking, and I would guess it tells you tells me they can pass the ball. Well, looking at this, only in the second round, only two matches went five: the Florida Florida State and the um, Colorado Minnesota match. 
So Colorado almost uh, getting into the regionals. Yeah, according to this, Colorado very close. Minnesota winning three two. That is gnarly. Stanford dominant on the top part of that bracket. Michigan State back onto their early season form. Penn State. It did not surprise me that Penn State advanced through two rounds. It did impress me the way Penn State did it. Three zero three zero. Well, that's fine. Have you looked at the scores? No, I have not seen any of that yet. You should click on the score against Utah, because Utah is a good team. Utah. Utah. That's a good team. And they beat them like a rented mule. 14-15-11. That's called uh, getting it done. Out behind the woodshed. (laughs) Getting it done. So Utah goes back to the reservation, as it would be. And the Nittany Lions continue after feasting upon a bunch of Native Americans. I mean, that that score right there says to me, yes, Lions eat settlers of the West. That's just what happens. Came in and handled their business. Really, really impressive. And so kudos to Penn State. I, I continue to be very impressed with how they are playing and what they are doing. Russ Rose is a genius. Now, Wayne Krecklow, on the other hand, I have an issue with Wayne Krecklow. Which one? Which, which one? He ruined my bracket. Missouri. Uh, Mizzou, bottom left. Ruined you, my bracket. I had him beating Purdue, and they went down 3-1. Wayne, I had you going all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, there goes your bracket. And North Carolina as well. I had you beaten Cal. Cal came back and won. Not terribly surprised by that. Cal's a good team. I had North Carolina going on a streak, beating Florida, who I had beating Florida State, which did not happen. Congratulations, Chris Poole. 3-2 win. So I don't have either of the teams in that side. My entire bottom left bracket is dead. I don't have anyone in the Sweet 16 in the bottom left part of the bracket. I am finished. Sorry, I, uh, sorry to hear that. As Jacques the Shrimp would say, I am ashamed. <laughs> Just not good. I wonder how your bracket's doing. Let us know. My, Post on the Facebook page. I'll let you know right now, my lower bracket, I still have every team in the regionals and on. Correct. For the moment. Something tells me I'm not going to win the challenge, challenge if I throw down an entire half, an entire quarter of my bracket. Dead. Dead. All of them. Look at this. No. Didn't you say last no. week that uh, Utah no. was going to give Penn State trouble? No. I thought they could, yeah. Yeah. I thought they could. I still thought Penn State would win, but I yeah, thought you, I thought it would be a good match. It was not a good match. It was, it was not a good match. Good season for Utah, but man, oh man, 15. 14, 15, 11. Good night now. That's a sleeper hold right there. That is a Goldberg... Body slam. What was Goldberg's finishing move? We've got to know that. i to look that up. Somebody on the chat board's got to figure that out. This is very important to the show. How about the Eagle game yesterday? We've got to talk about the Philadelphia Eagle game yesterday. They said at one point there was eight inches of snow on the field. Eight, Kevin. They were crazy. running. They were high-stepping. So you had to pull your feet eight inches or at least nine inches off the ground to run. That was a fun watch. That was a really fun watch. 
That reminded me of uh, every once in a while Thanksgiving back in Virginia. We'd always play football or basketball, and occasionally it would be snowing. And we'd be out there, and obviously, you know, you get tackled and you have snow in your face, as opposed to those guys that had football masks on, that they would get up, and their entire mask and helmet is filled with snow. That was yesterday. Yeah. That was, was awesome. That was fun to watch. I, I turned it on at about 5 after 10 going, yes, my team is on. And I went, are you kidding me? Yeah. In 30 seconds, the whole family was up here. We were sitting there watching the game, just marveling at it. It was unreal. So much fun to watch. Remind me of the Fog Bowl when it first started because you couldn't even see what was happening. It was good luck. They had the fumble, the first fumble that the Lions had. The guys came back and they said, well, good luck to the replay officials and figure this one out. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have an angle of it at all. Mm. And I thought a great comment uh, by, who was the analyst? It wasn't Moose Johnson. Jackhammer, by the way. Goldberg finishing move. Jackhammer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Penn State Jackhammer in Utah. But whoever the analyst was said something to the effect of, this is what every kid has done. Every one of these oh. guys out here, when they were a kid and it snowed like this, the first thing you did was go out and play football. Mm-hmm. Every kid has played in these conditions. This is awesome. It... uh I wonder what the ratings were for that game. I mean, obviously it was a nationally televised game since so it was on out here. But how many people saw it and were like, I'm just going to stay and watch because of how cool it looks. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, when your center hikes the ball at you and you're not ready for it, and you go to try to pick it up, you know what you're supposed to do? Fall on it. You are supposed Don't to fall try on it. to pick it up. Yeah, you are supposed to fall on it. Just fall on it. It's not easy to pick up a grease pig. Yeah, it's snowing. Just fall on the ball. It was so wet. Yeah, they're talking about the Ravens and Vikings game on the chat board. Same thing, a little bit further south, not as bad. New York, no snow. Philly getting dumped on. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had some snow. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but not nearly what no, we Philly were seeing got the in brunt Philly. Of it. Philly was, was unreal. Talked to my uncle, lives in, in just outside Philly, and he had gone shooting in the morning, clay shooting, and he yeah. was trapped on the other side of the bridge in New Jersey. So the bridge was closed, couldn't get across it. He had four guys and five shotguns in the car. It's like, we're thinking about just walking down to the, the local pub and, you know, they have nice-looking waitresses there and a TV and watch the game. With, about a quarter mile away. With our shotguns. Yeah, I said, I said really, he said, yeah, we don't leave the shotguns in the car. I said, well, why don't you just walk with them down the street? Yeah. Armageddon! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was fun yesterday. And, and today they were having a discussion on SportsCenter. They were talking to – Merrill Hodge was there, but I, I forget the other guy that's there. And the other guy was saying about the Super Bowl that he doesn't want it to be a cold-weather Super Bowl, which is what it is this year in New York. He doesn't like the fact that it's outdoors and people may not show up, and what if it's snowing like that? You don't get to see the fantastic athletes. And Merrill Hodge, and I'm, I'm with him, Merrill Hodge is making the point, that game yesterday, to your point, you just said, people tuned in to watch that because they were marveling at it. If you had a Super Bowl like that, that would be the stuff of legend. If there was a Super Bowl and eight inches of snow. Yeah, but you can't guarantee how good the game. That game ended up being good because you had McCoy running down the field hurtling people. He didn't look like it was snowing in the second no. half, did he? I, no. think he? I think he changed cleats. Oh, 100%. I think he had on much longer cleats because he was making his regular moves. For sure. But you do worry about the fans. Like, because think about the fans that go to the Super Bowl. They're not the normal. That's what they're saying. They're not the normal everyday the corporate fans. wimpy yeah, type. Because it costs so much money. Hey, you stuff suits. Toughen up, fools. You can afford some isotoners. Have Dan Marino throw you a pass. But that's the thing. They don't need to. That's the thing. We don't need to be in the cold. I really want to drop a derogatory term. Don't. Yeah. You are wimps. Wimps. 
Uh, and I would say it more strongly. Yeah. But I want to alienate the three female fans we have. Now, let me let me tell you, if I was going to that football game and it was snowing like that, I'd be like, you know what, I'm out. If you looked in the stands in the first half, yeah, it was packed. Yep. Second half, not so much. First half, people were there. They were hanging in. It's awesome to be at a game like that. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But if you know it's coming, you and dress appropriately. Of course. Of course. It's as fun to say, dude, we sat in eight inches of snow and watched this game. It was unbelievable. My issue is, like, I just don't want to be wet. Wet and yeah. cold is miserable. I can deal with the cold. Or if I'm in a pool, I can deal with the wet. Yeah. I don't need both. Hot and wet's good with your, if you're with a woman, not if you're in the jungle. Oh, boy. Good morning, <laughs> Vietnam! God, his monologues in that are just freaking hilarious. Classic. Uh, but, yeah, getting wet is not a good thing if you are cold. That is a bad deal. That is a raw deal for sure. Uh, but I, I think it would be great. Yeah. Except for the beginning of the game where you couldn't see it because there was so much snow. That wouldn't work for the Super Bowl. Yeah, but even that's fun. Could you side out in the snow? The ice bowl. People remember the ice bowl. Could you side out in the snow? Ask the people who played at Tahoe a few years ago. Were they siding out I was the there. Snow? I was freezing. Gator yeah. and I were wrapped in my comforter from a hotel room. Together? Yep. Yeah. Snuggled up like buds? Yes. 100%. <laughs> like, no, you know, like no joke. They like, say to yeah. combat hypothermia, you have to get naked. So We were not naked. You were not hypothermic? But we were 100% snuggled in my comforter from a hotel room. <sighs> oh, man. I love that we now got the weather discussion going. It was 39 here in Redondo Beach this morning when I got in the car. That is legit cold. That's cold. Anywhere that's cold, yeah. 39. Yep. I know in Southern California, I'm guilty of it. We complain when it gets to be 54 because, man, the, the breeze is cold. It's chilly, bro. Ocean. But 39, that's legit cold temperatures. Yep. Agreed. Could I side out in the snow? How much snow? Eight inches like that? Could I side out in eight inches of snow? It's the landing that would be an issue. How about because the takeoff? You've got to stop and like plant and go upwards. Because you're broad jumping. Can I wear cleats? What are we playing on? Are we playing on tartan? Are we playing on wood? Yeah, you have to play in cleats. Are we, on, are we like grass tournament style? CSUN Northridge style? Yeah, it'd have to be a grass with eight inches of snow on top of it. Okay. Okay. Yes, I can side out in that. In my snowsuit. You know how you know how bad your hands gonna hurt when you contact the ball. Very, yeah. Because I've played in because your hands numb and you're smacking something that's also as hard as a brick at this point because it's cold. It, that is going to hurt a lot. I've played in gymnasiums that are in the mid 40s. Yep. Which was my practice gym in Belgium. Lovely. We we used to complain because the city controlled the heat; they would turn it down so much your hands would be killing you. And also a match in Brazil. Yeah. Where it was just cold, and I don't know if you know this about Brazilian arenas, they don't insulate them or even complete them. There is lovely. There is a five foot gap between the wall and the ceiling. Awesome. In a fifteen thousand person arena, not in like some little regional gym. That is figure the people will heat it. Well, it's just not that cold there that often, but yeah. it was cold when we were there. And yeah, that really hurts. Like I, that match, I was warming up. I was wearing three layers, and I told them, I, I'm like, hey, this feels like a football game. I want to hit somebody right now. Yeah. Because it was that temperature. Yeah. Uh, Texas Troll, how much would getting six-pack hurt in that weather? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh. Your nose would just start running. Like, there's nothing you could do about oh, it. Oh, just thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, think about the surface of the ball. No. Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, it would be fun to watch. People would tune in. Uh, speaking of tuning in, last night I caught towards the end of uh, Sports Center with Dilfer's Dimes. I heard about this. Yeah. And I was resetting my TV at the time I missed it. I was about to go to bed, and he was standing there doing a promo, and he had a volleyball in his hand. I was like, 
Oh, now I got now I got to wait to see what happens right now. And it took forever to get to him, didn't because it? it was like four more segments. Oh god! Um, but he started off with the Dopers Dimes because his daughters were playing in like a state championship at I can't remember the name of their school, but it's in Southern California somewhere. Um, but one of his daughters is the setter, and his younger daughter was she was in the back row, so I don't know that she was the libero or she just happened to be back there passing. Um, so they had volleyball highlights. Valley Christian. There you go. I have no idea where it is. Valley Christian. That, this has to have been a while ago then. I don't know how he brought that in. No, he said it was like Friday or something. Huh. Okay. Must be another section of, uh, not, not southern section. Or Must be just, somewhere else. Or he just snuck it in because he could. Valley Christian. He said they even had highlights. I think we were talking about passing and setting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was legit. Wow. Volleyball. Yeah. It was cool. So Karch was busy. The next analyst they have is Trent Dilfer. Hey. That's who they but at least it was, this time it was real volleyball as opposed to sometimes when those guys are like, somebody taps the ball to somebody else. They're like, oh, they were volleyballing it. I'm like, no. No, they weren't, actually. <laughs> they were playing hit the balloon in the air. Two <laughs> different things. <laughs> yeah, the volleyball. They won the Division Three California tur- Tourney this Saturday, according to Kotula. D3? Huh. Valley Christian High School. Good Very good. Congratulations. Congratulations to volleyball. Make it on Sports Center. Congratulations, young Dilfer. Yep. Dilfers. Two of them. Oh, they have sisters on there? Yeah. Well, I, didn't you hear what I was just telling you? One passed the ball, the half, other one said I'm it. I'm half listening. Jimmy. Obviously. At best. This is not college volleyball. I got week. emails coming in. It's not college volleyball text. weekly when I tune out, Kevin. I'm trying to move on to the next segment of the show. Should we need to? Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> My producer. A female you're... producer dropped one of those in the control room this weekend. She said, she called you a bro. Come on, bro. Just <laughs> <laughs> tried to throw it right back on her. Not your bro, bro. Sarah Takata. Okay, bro. What up, bro? Not your bro, bro. We did two nights back-to-back this week, and on a normal night, we do four games, mm-hmm. and we watch one other. That's a normal night. Well, on the first night, we had six games. We had four on our own air. We had one game on Fox Sports West, one game on Prime Ticket. We have to watch them all. Then we have to do a highlight show with all of them. Yeah. But wait, it gets worse. Don't answer yet. Saturday, I'm in there watching five, ma- five games on our air. Mm-hmm. Five games I'm throwing between them. And at that point, I almost lost it. As you say, how do you even get that together? The second night in a row, we had Nordoff and Norwalk playing in two separate games. Yep. How do you keep that straight? You don't. We had two Lancers playing each other for supremacy of the Lancers. We had the Tartans, the St. Margaret's Tartans. You know, not, what, you know what a not, Tartan is? No. Okay. There's a team down here in Southern California called the Cares. Not the Care Bears. That, that's where I was going with it. They care. It's just caring. They're the Cares. We care. What's, no joke. What? what? Yes. What were their... What were their T-shirts? What would... I don't... Like a heart? Like a heart. Yes. We've also had the kilts. Mm-hmm. You know, effectively, what is a kilt? I forget mm-hmm. what the translation was, but a kilt. Well, this Skirt. time we had the, the tartans. It is the pattern that's on the wool that you could make into a kilt. That's all it is. It's a pattern. The fighting patterns. Look out for the fighting patterns. Like plaid, Look it dot. up. Tartan. That's what it is. It's a plaid, a tartan. I'm nervous. I don't want to look it up. So at one point, I said to my, my partner, I explained what a tartan was on air. I said, if you're wondering what a tartan is, it's a pattern. And my partner, at the end of the hit, right before we go off, he goes, remember the tartans. 
And I, at that point, go, I hope that made air, <laughs> which also made air. Nice. <laughs> As it should, by the way. No, that was kind of fun. Proud Papa has something. There you go. Dilfer's Dimes on Sports Center. Hold on. His daughters play indoor? Yeah. And he had a beach volleyball? A AVP volleyball? Correct. Dilfer! Well, suck on that indoor. How about some continuity, please? Can we get a continuity consultant, Trent? Outside of volleyball, nobody knows what an indoor ball is. They know what the beach ball is. Sorry. Sorry, Molten. People who are watching a beer commercial, and the guy takes a huge swing and nets and then does a dive with his hands straight out and a bunch of sand that goes in his face. Yes. Don't know that that is a horrible actor (laughs) who has never played volleyball in his life and had some guy who once played with his relatives in the backyard and now happens to be a director telling, this is what you have to do. Yep. Yeah. But people don't know that either. Nope. Not good for the sport. Mm -mm. Not good for... For the sport. At least volleyball got on there, Kevin. That's true. Credit to Trent Dilfer. All credit for And not like just one highlight. There were a plethora. A plethora. Yeah. Would you say it's a plethora? <laughs> Do you know what a plethora means? <laughs> Here's another good moment. So I lost my broadcast book. Oh boy. If anyone has seen it, it is a black legal size uh, broadcast book. I lost it, I believe, after the UCLA-USC match. Do you have your name on it? No, but I, my next one will. Lost my entire year worth of papers. All my teams, all my matches, everything gone. Love it. All my notes out of here. So I hope I can come up with it. I could have sworn I had it here somewhere, but it's not here. So I lost my entire book. We're doing highlights during the last show on Saturday night. We're doing highlights of other fall sports, including the 1A and 1AA finals for high school, which Mm -hmm. I called for Fox Sports West. I don't have my notes. They keep asking me who played in which match and who the players are and the numbers and this and that and what happened. And I'm like, I don't know. What does it say? It says 3-1 there? Yeah, I think it was 3-1. So they started laughing at the fact that I had called this match and I had no clue who the players were anymore, the names of the players. I'm like, yeah, they had some good outside hitters. That's one of them. I don't remember her name, though. Yeah. You're I, like, whoops. I had to explain that, like, this is how it works. I do fr- football on Friday. I take all that information, shove it out of my mind. I did volleyball Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I had to shove all that information out of my mind because I did Pac-12 volleyball on Sunday morning. So it was in there just long enough to be on the program. And that's it. I'm not responsible for it after that. So don't bring it back two weeks later and ask me about it. Because I don't know. If it's a high school team I saw once. One time. I would never remember them. If it's USC, yes, I knew who Ebony Wanabu is. Unless their name is the Cares or the Patterns. I see them the for... Fi- the Fighting Patterns. I see them for 16 weeks. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's take a break, because after the break, we're going to have a caller. Yeah, nice. Guess. Not not a wrestler. Not a figure in Watergate. It is Barry Goldberg, head coach for the American University Eagles, going to be right here on the Net Live, because they are in the Sweet 16 for the first time ever. Barry Goldberg, in a minute. Heavy drum. Trouble! 
The best college volleyball in the country is coming to Seattle, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. It is definitely ours. The best way to see it is to experience it live at the 2013 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championships, December 19th and 21st at Key Arena in Seattle, hosted by the University of Washington and the Seattle Sports Commission. Affordable ticket prices now available. Go online at NCAA.com slash volleyball and reserve your seats today. Welcome back to the Net Live. You want to make sure you do that. The Net Live will be in residence. What day are we doing our show that week? Friday. Nice. The show's going to be happening on Friday, and thanks to Gold Medal Squared for bringing us up and hosting us inside their booth. Thanks also to Court and Spark for being main sponsor of the show. That will be the conference or the convention program that is Court and Spark, the movie that will debut. So we're doing the show, and then you're hosting that event. We are. Love it. Uh, well, yes, I am hosting that event. Yeah. You will be present at that event. I will just be there signing autographs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Ruscha, you can visit Mr. Ruscha in the corner and yep. also view this video. <laughs> now, view this movie. I'm looking forward to uh, to being there and being a part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, very cool project. Uh, Jack and Leslie Hammond. I'm excited. Put that together. It's. Uh, I am. I am pumped to to be a part of. Is she going to be there? Project. Uh, Courtney? Yeah. Yes. Courtney is actually taking over my old job. She will be interviewing players, is what I heard nice. at the All-American Banquet. Nice. See how she does with that one. Well, heck, can we heckle her? Can we go there and heckle her? That would be awesome, <laughs> wouldn't it? Boo! Boo! Kevin's way better. You suck! <laughs> is that Barnett? No, no! <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Throwing things at her. <laughs> All right, let's bring in our guest. I'm looking at some numbers. That are off the hook. 158 and 10 in conference inside the Patriot League. It is one thing to win your league. It is another thing to be completely dominant. They have won their league 11 of the last 13 years. That includes this season. They have gone 34 and 2 of all the times that American University has been into the tournament. They have never pulled out a victory in round number one. You know the challenges are high for folks coming out of some of the smaller, lesser-known leagues. Well, this year, the Eagles are up to the challenge. They went 3-0 over Georgia, and they didn't stop there. They went 3-0 over Duke. Please welcome in their head coach, the architect of that success, Barry Goldberg. Barry. Never called the architect before, but thank you. (laughs) Well, Barry, thanks for joining us here, man. I'm looking down your numbers and looking at what you've done with this program. Tell me about crafting American University into the Patriot League juggernaut. Hmm, crafting started, well, the Patriot League started actually in 2001 for us, but we were in the Colonial when I first started working here. Okay. And uh, took a whooping for probably seven or eight years. Uh, started off pretty competitive, but William and Mary was the champ at the time for about five years straight. And their leader player was Jennifer Torrens, now Jennifer Petrie, okay. who will be at the uh, finals uh, group with us. I think she, she's the head coach at San Diego. She was the best player at William & Mary, and she taught us a lesson real early, uh, trying to crack through in the Colonial. We finally broke through William & Mary, but at that time, George Mason started getting pretty good. 
and uh, they were on top of us. And finally, by uh, maybe year eight in the Colonial, we broke through and won the Patriot League in our first appearance in 1997. Went out to Washington State, all the way across the country. And uh, Jim Greedy probably played at that point. Uh, yeah, not there. Maybe, maybe. Could have been. But uh, we were, uh, we actually played Colorado State at Washington State in the first opportunity in the NCAAs and uh, competed a little bit, won one of the, one of the games, but uh, couldn't get through, flew all the way back home and said, boy, I hope if we ever make it to the tournament again, I hope we never have to travel that far to play in the first round again. And uh, that actually ended up being the furthest trip we ever took. And it was tough. Uh, I learned real quick that the travel is a big part of this uh, getting through the tournament, uh, whether west coast to east or east coast to west or anywhere in between. So uh, the next couple of years, we kept making it back, and uh, we, our, our president decided to switch leagues. Uh, went to the Patriot League in 2001. And at that time, we had an uproar at our university about changing leagues because uh, the mission was a little different than the Colonial and the Patriot League. Patriot League was such an academic environment. There's many rules that we have in the Patriot League even today that most of the other conferences don't have to deal with, especially for admissions. What kind of rules are those? What What are they trying to do? Well, They're there's no to... redshirting. You can't redshirt a freshman. Really? There's no, Yeah, not permitted in the Patriot League. Yeah, for only for medical reasons may you redshirt someone. Not for, hey, this player is still raw and we want to sit her out for a year. Can't do it in our league. Uh, we have something in our league also called an academic index where you got to uh, have a balance of an SAT and a grade point average that's above standard deviations, which, above the mean of your university. So they have to be within range of the average of the university. So it's not just an NCAA qualifying standard to get into our school. They won't let you in if you're below a certain grade point average with a lower SAT. And so if you want to try to get a player in that's eligible, then our, our president has to speak to the other presidents of the, within our group in the Patriot League to discuss why you took a player or an athlete that's below the floor of, of your university in terms of admission. So we go. there's a number of other rules as well. I mean, it's pretty detailed. Uh, the Ivy League has a similar process. So the Ivy and the Patriot Leagues have this – academic index that they have to go through with admissions. So we didn't know that joining the league uh, originally, but, you know, you learn how to play the game you're in. So, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, though, we, were, we had all the kids that were in the Colonial. We didn't have all those, those rules. And so we dominated really early in the league. And uh, the whole idea in the beginning was, are we going to fall down to their level or are we going to raise the level up in the whole league? And, you know, this has been like 12 or 13 years I've been doing this in this league now. I mean, yeah, we've had a, a number of wins over the years. But now the league has gotten to the place where they're all starting to get in. And uh, this year we had the closest, closest opportunity ever of a second team even being on the board at the end to be considered to get into the tournament. Colgate this year went. They beat North Carolina State earlier in the year, ended up with an RPI of 50. And and I think or in the Miami was the last team to get in on the RPI, and they were 49, only one in front of Colgate. Yeah, that so would have been our league, two teams get in. That would have been something remarkable for your 
Yeah, for, your, for sure. And we knew, and I think Ryan, the coach at, at Colgate, knew, you know, it's still going to be a long shot to get in. Our league doesn't quite carry the weight. We're known as a, you know, a little, you know, small league and a big, big, big persons group here. Uh, 332 teams out there. Certainly the Patriot League as a league doesn't rank <laughs> even comparable to what, you know, the Big Ten's doing with, you know, six or seven teams still in the tournament, the 16th. So, uh, you know, anyway, we, we're, we're getting close. And in second, second place teams, at least in the numbers to be considered, that's a good sign for us. Uh, Army has had some wins over the, over the past. They went out to Pepperdine a couple of years ago and beat Pepperdine out there. So, I mean, we're you know for a for a small league that's that's kind of handcuffed by some of the academic rules uh, to get in just anybody who you want to. Certainly, we don't have the prestige known uh, around the country, so uh, we're we're hanging in there. And you know, this is certainly a breakthrough for us uh, getting into the Sweet 16. We had two good matchups. We had a short trip down to Duke in our bus, which is what we have to do almost every match all year. We only have one flight each year. For our team. Wow, that's remarkable. One flight? Yeah. Barry, I forget per year, that's like correct. Play in college, having played internationally for so long, I forget about how big how big a deal the travel was. If you went you know, here on the West Coast to Hawaii or we went up to Canada or we had to go up to Portland for something, that was a, a huge trip. And you mentioned earlier having to go all the way out to uh, Washington State, which is the middle of nowhere, having been there so many times. <laughs> Uh, how do you how do you now prepare your kids for travel when you do have one trip? What do you guys do differently to prepare your kids for that? Yeah, you know it's now you know why it's been so difficult to have success. I mean, we're it's hard to prepare if, unless you're doing this. This year, our trip we went out to California, not too far from where you are now. We we played Fullerton and Irvine and uh, Fresno came down. We played in the tournament at, at Fullerton there, and uh, Xavier came out there as well, and. Uh, I think that was instrumental in our success this year because we had a pretty good trip out there. We won three of four. We were a little, you know, shaky in the first match and then ended up winning three right after that uh, against teams that were were all reasonable. None of them ended up making the tournament this year, but all pretty reasonable teams, good caliber teams. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's it. And the reason really why we came to California, and this is what I do with my trip every year, wherever my senior is from who comes to our school so this year we had a player we have julie crumb she's from hacienda heights and so it's okay we're making the trip to california so she can play in front of her, her people there nice and yeah that's what we did and, and you know each year we usually go where someone's home is close to uh to where we're traveling to so i mean i'm getting invitations all over the place to go play but you know with one flight a year uh, that's about it. Uh, we, so we, we, we do it according to who's on our team. Uh, unless you've got somebody like Oregon. Oregon, a couple of years ago, Oregon gave us a boatload of money to come out there, uh, which helped uh, finance the thing. And so I was able to talk my uh, administrators into going into a, going to a, a second flight there. And so it was, that, that's good when those kind of things happen. And that's what's great about our sport, that we're, we're starting to get to the place where teams are, the bigger schools are able to help some schools that don't have as much uh, as they have, and so we we, we can make some trips through some guarantees and things like that. That's a great thing for us. Yeah, with Oregon, when you guys got the check, did it say University of Oregon, or was it from Phil Knight's personal account? (laughs) I think it might have been from Phil. (laughs) 
No, it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's from work. I don't even get the check. It goes straight from banker to <laughs> banker. You know. <laughs> you got to figure out a way to get thirty percent of that. That's how it works internationally, man. That's why. I, yeah, I, you're right. You healthy. are right. I got totally. It's gonna be, <laughs> gonna be a thirty percent guy. Hey, you mentioned Juliana Crum from Hacienda Heights, and one of the things I found remarkable about your team is that you have. Four players over 200 kills. Actually, five players over 200 kills. But I wrote down your top four here. Christiana Lindowska, she has 405. Juliana Crum has 366. Kelly McCadden has 248. And Allison Capolino has 228. How are you achieving such balance in your offense this year? Well, yeah, because the setter you didn't mention. Uh, our, our team's balanced because our setter is pretty amazing. She's uh, She has been... I think the better setter in every match we've played so far this year. So even the the two losses. I mean, when you lose, usually you know it's hard to say your setter is better when you when you lost the matches. But she's a talented player. Her name is Monica Schmidova. She's a Czech. She's from Czech Republic. Uh, I saw her play in the uh, junior championships in Europe about three or four years ago. And uh, she's a really good setter. I mean, so she can mix it up. She's got some moves, really interesting moves. She she kind of tilts her head back when she's setting to uh, position four to the left sides, and so it looks like she's going back. And she she can and she sets a fastball out there, and so we're able to run an offense that's unique because she's a talented setter. She also is one of the few setters in the country that can really pump fake a hit and set a ball. Okay. And she, she's got moves. She's got moves. She's, she's a talented athlete. She's got great vision. Uh, and so, yeah, six-foot setter, Czech international. She was Czech setter. I saw her play in the match. I saw her play out in Holland when I was there uh, about four years ago. She was playing against Turkey. I think Turkey ended up being like third in the world in world championships. She was uh, leading her team, uh, and they were beating Turkey. They ended up losing the match in five. They took her out for another setter on the team at the very end, ended up losing the match, and she didn't play too much the rest of the tournament. And I was completely impressed because she's flinging the ball to the outside really nice. I mean, nice delivery. Uh, yeah, she's just got a game. And so we have a good setter, and so that gives four or five players – an opportunity to hit balls because she's deceptive. We have a decent right side. Christina Lindowska is also the, the, the Czech right side. So we have a setter right side combination from the Czechs, and then the rest of them are Americans out there. And so it's, yep. it's kept, kept the balance. Monica's getting more one-on-ones. I'd like to do a stat on it. How many times you're, you're getting a one-on-one for your hitter on the outside? She's got more than just about anybody I've seen. And everybody yeah. on our, everybody we've played has, has said great things about her as a setter. She's good. Now, Monica did not compete last year due to injury, but she made the academic honor roll. And some of the stuff you mentioned earlier about the uh, incoming requirements and the student requirements, that has to be even more of a challenge for foreign players. How have they dealt that with is that? Correct. That's right. That's right. She, uh, you know, we, we, now you have a TOEFL exam involved as well as the SAT and the grade point average. So I've got to get, if I'm going after foreign players here, I've got to get pretty much straight-A students to give them room because they're not, going to, they're not going to kill the SAT. I mean, Americans have problems with the SAT, let alone right. somebody whose language is, uh, you know, just, just uh, progressing. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's bright. She, she scored uh, her first time at the TOEFL exam. She scored an 82. Our 80 is our bottom requirement. 
so she was right above it, which which got her in. Her, her grades were straight A's coming out of the Czech Republic. So her SAT score of uh, gives her more room here. She can score in the thousand range possibly, and still possibly be above the floor because she's straight A's. Now she's a B student here. You're talking about somebody's got to have a twelve, thirteen hundred to get into the school. Right. And so yeah, she's bright. And so this year she was. I think she was one of the best players in the league, certainly, if not the best player. And uh, she uh, was voted. She was given the award for our Patriot League gives an academic scholar athlete of the year award as well. So she was the scholar athlete of the year for volleyball for our league announced a couple of weeks ago. So we got, we got a full package in her. Uh, believe it or not, the, the foreign players that we get are so motivated to learn English and do well and prove that they, you know, academic environment is what they're about. That she's just, you know, that we're getting a number of foreign players. When they get the foreign players, they're, they're really high end, both of fit academically and athletically. So, uh, and besides this, our school is surrounded by the embassies. So the Czech embassies right down the street. We're embassies are all around our, our campus here. So foreign thing is a it's a natural for who we are here in D.C. So, yeah, we've got, we've got a good, good scenario. It's about time we finally broke through and, and beat some of these top-name schools to, to, to get a chance here to, to show what we've got. So we're excited about it. Very cool, very cool. We're talking to Barry Goldwater, American University. Goldberg, there, see, I did it. I screwed myself at the beginning, Jeremy. Barry Goldberg, American University Eagles head coach, 34-2 and two on the season. Your last loss, Barry, came to Army, a 3-1 defeat back on October 5th. And I want to throw some more numbers at people. This is a 16-match win streak that you have, including the two tournament victories. You've only lost four sets, 48 and four. That is a ridiculous winning number uh, over the last 16 sets. What, what is it about your team in these last two matches that you did to teams that probably had not seen you? Uh, and, and what did you guys surprise them with? Did you change something in particular? Were you able to figure out some sort of deficiency in the game of Georgia and Duke, or did you, just, did you guys just come in and keep doing what you'd been doing to win 14 straight to that point? Uh, you know, I think our, our defense has improved here. I mean, we've started blocking uh, a little bit better, certainly in these last two matches, and uh, have really, I mean, we pursue balls. We, we usually spend the beginning of the week trying to just work on pursuing, you know, defense and playing coach on three and four, and we're, flinging the ball around the gym and they're hustling and, and having some fun and going after it. So our defenses seem to uh, pick up here because we held Georgia down to like hitting less than a hundred, I think. And, and Duke, we held down to a hundred and two major players for Duke that have scored all year for them. One was an ex vision player is very good player. And, uh, the other was the right side from Colorado. I mean, they, we, we were able to, to contain them fairly well. They, they had off nights, and we ducked some balls. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, our defense has picked up. Uh, that's certainly going to make you win a lot of games. If you can remember when Penn State had their big run, and by the way, Penn State's not too far from us, and just about every player at Penn State is somebody we probably wanted but couldn't get a, <laughs> get a taste of at all. But Penn State had the one year where they won every game 3-0 just about. And uh, they were just so good defensively. I mean, they were blocking and digging, and you just couldn't put balls away. And any time they really needed something, they just, you know, put the stop on teams. So 
we've done a decent job these last two matches to get to to 16 here at playing defense. We've held teams down. We haven't even hit that well. Our hitting, we were hitting almost 300 for the year uh, against the Cowboys. Now these teams are a little better, so their defenses are better also. So, uh, but our league is a pretty defensive kind of team. We've got pretty good in the barrows all the way across with all the teams. And uh, yeah, we've we. So if we're going to go any further here, I mean, we, we've got the remarkable task of taking on Texas and uh, you know the big Skywalkers that they have here. We're going to have yeah, to defend the team. We're going to have to slow them. Tell me a little bit about yeah, Texas. I mean, Haley and Bailey on the outside. Yeah. Can you guys get to them? Is it about frustrating them as hitters, as you mentioned, defensively and what you've been doing against the, the teams in the first two rounds? Well, I'll give you a little bit on Bailey first before we get to Haley. Bailey is from Baltimore, which is our neighborhood. Bailey came to our camp here in sixth grade or seventh grade. And everyone loved her, of course. And she was a little sixth grade girl because her sister came to camp here. We were trying to recruit her sister who went to Alabama. And uh, and a good player, her name was Brooks Webster. And then Bailey, I went up to their house and did a home visit for Brooks up in Baltimore. And uh, Bailey was a little girl, like, running up the steps, like, kind of peeking to see what we were talking about and things like this. And she was a little a little girl at probably six feet, or maybe five, five ten or something, uh, at, in, like, seventh grade. And she came down to camp. She played at camp here. We loved her. She's a nice kid. You know, and, and we, we've had a number of great players come from D.C. here. That I've been around here for 25 years. We've had all these great players that want to go to these big opportunity schools, which is Texas is certainly one. I mean, we've right now we have Alex, Hol- Alex Holston is a part of our club here in, in D.C. She's down in Florida. She's one of the better freshmen in the country this year for Florida. We've had Nana Merriweather here, Cheryl Weaver here. I mean, these have been player of the year candidates, let alone Bailey last year. So it's, but it's hard to keep those kind of kids to stay here, especially the smaller name school. Uh, but even Russ himself has had some, some tough times keeping some of these kids I'm talking about as well. Uh, so, you know, but he's doing okay, so he's not worried about it. <laughs> I think he's but, got a few yeah, players on the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of great opportunities out there. I can't really fault any of these players that went to other places. We've all told them, hey, we're interested. I don't really bug them because our school is a, a special fit for certain people. And so that's all you can do is try to help the kid go where they want to go. You know, I'm not going to sit there and tell, tell them come here all day long. But if the school is not the right fit for them, fine. But if the school is the right fit, and D.C. has enough for us to be the right fit for a number of good players. Barry, so we're will doing okay. Year, That's why we've been in the tournament so long. I'm sorry, go ahead. Will this year give you a huge bump in recruiting, winning these two tournament matches, no matter how the next round goes? Kevin, that is the question. I have no idea. It would be interesting to see <laughs> what these kind of things do. I hope Bucks that's the case, the of course. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that uh, certainly uh, my phone is off the hook right now, and I'm, I'm getting a headache trying to reply to all these people saying, I cannot believe you're in this Sweet 16 here. But, you know, a lot of people who knew us, even the teams we just played, Duke themselves, and we played Duke a number of times over the year. See, Duke is a drive for us, so we can play them when we want. And, you know, we've, we've, had, we've beat Duke in the past uh, probably around five or six years ago. They beat us a couple times. It's been back and forth. 
And Jolene, their coach there at Duke, was, she was at Georgetown before she came to Duke. So certainly we know Georgetown well. It's right down the street from her school. So, you know, there's some familiarity with this. And so I'm hoping we have some, we're familiar with Bailey in Texas here, and we can do a job at least containing her a little bit. Haley's another story here. Haley we don't know very well, and Haley's good. Uh, not that Bailey isn't, but Haley is good, and certainly Bell in the middle is good, and uh, they got a new setter in there now that's lefty. Little girl can hit the ball pretty hard. and uh, So they're a good team, certainly. But I don't think, you know, not really a lot of fear involved. We know what they do. They they run pretty straight forward right at you, and, and uh, it'll be a unique test for our players, and I think it's going to be a unique test for them also because we've got a setter that throws some things differently at a lot of these teams. And so uh, it should be an interesting matchup to see how well we can get in there and compete with these guys. Well, fantastic. Barry, thanks so much for joining us here on the Net Live and spending some time educating us about your program. Really neat to, uh, to learn about what you're doing with that program and how it's gone over the last few years. Very impressive, and congratulations on the two victories. We will look forward to uh, watching the results. You guys versus Texas should be a very interesting matchup. Barry Goldberg, thank (laughs) you. Thanks, Kevin. You got it. Take care. See you. Barry Goldberg checking in from American University of the Eagles. They do have a ferocious, regal-looking eagle. Ferocious. Ferocious. I I got to look up the the logo here. I love his enthusiasm. Yeah. He's definitely coached that, just from talking to him right now, you feel like you would like to play for him. Excited about it. Loves his kids. And the D.C. area is a great area to go to school, I'll tell you that. Oh, shocking that you would say that, Jeremy. I grew up there, Kevin. I, <laughs> I, I, know, a little, I know a little something about it. Sorry. You Sorry, do I'm know a little something. to add some knowledge to the show. Here's the eagle. He, he's very regal-looking in his side here, and then he's, he almost looks friendly. They're, they're the eagle? physical mascot, yeah. Th- this, one, this one looks good. This is, this is very Washington. Well, what? You can't have a scary mascot, Kevin. Yeah, you can. Do you has- remember the other eagle? The Golden Eagle or something? God, I almost, I almost fell out the chair last week when we had the Golden Eagle. I remember where it was. I thought it was these guys, but it's uh, maybe it was Moorhead State or Marquette. Maybe it was Marquette with a Golden Eagle. Like they're, the person in the mascot suit looks ferocious. Ferocious, yeah. It's tough to look ferocious in a mascot suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, Barry Goldberg, 34-2 and two this season. If you look back at their conference record, 158-10, and 10, that's a – Redonkulous number and forty-eight and four in their last fifty-two sets. Wow, forty-eight and four. And I guess we'll, we'll we'll have to have him back on again next year and see if the tournament this year helped him in recruiting. I think it's fun to be able to say that you've done that. I didn't. I was not aware that certain leagues could have so much influence on who you could have in your school. I didn't know that. I'm not a coach, obviously, yeah, doing the recruiting and game. one trip per year? One flight? Well, that's probably because they don't have a budget, but also because they're so close by to everyone that's in their league. They don't need to travel. No, it's not like you're playing in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not spread out like that. Uh, it's like playing in junior college or playing in Belgium professionally. Yeah. In Belgium, we had trips for Champions League, five of them or four of them, but that was it. Yeah. Everything else, we drove 45 minutes. Or the one we got a bus for was across Belgium. It was two and a half hours. Yeah. Longest trip we had. Yeah. In Italy, we had 12 and a half hour bus rides. Ugh. Just craziness. But we Like Greyhound bus, not like tour bus. No, Greyhound. Like yeah. rented Greyhound. Yeah. It sounds awful. Not good seats. 
I thinking tall, back, it's probably one, of, people. probably one of the reasons my knees don't feel good is the way I would sit on the bus. I'm sure. Just not, I mean, you just didn't throw it over the seat in front of you. It's not good. For you. you can't. So tall. <laughs> you put them up, and your feet were straight up in those stupid. I hate buses, man. <laughs> Treviso had their own bus. Well, you should have gone and played for Treviso instead of Maturana. They could have had their own bus. Did you look at our seats for our trip to Seattle? I don't. I have not. Yeah, you're going to be not thrilled with your seat. I don't know what to do about that. I'm though. sitting in the aisle. You're you're middle seat. I am. Yep. Jeremy, we're not switching. seriously. We're not switching. I, I will be right getting now. a different seat. That's fine. I will look that up this afternoon. If you want my seat, there's going to be a price tag attached to it. Well, don't plan on using any part of the uh, shoulder area towards me. I will be muscling we're not you sitting, out. We're not in the same row. So, oh, yeah. dang it. Suck on that. Dang it. I was planning on muscling you out of the armrest. Nope. I had one guy do that. He sat down and like pushed my arm off the armrest. A little like, 5'8 guy. You were not thrilled. Were you, in the, mid- were you in the middle seat? I was in the middle. Yeah, middle yeah. seat deserves the armrest. And he pushed me off the armrest. Just full on pushed me. I looked at him. I said, are you kidding me? Nice. He goes, what? I, I get some of this. Goes, hey, you can lean out in the aisle. Yeah. Middle. And you're a tiny little person. Yeah. Middle seat, bro. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't get uppity with people like anymore. I used to all the time. Ask anybody who knew me back in the day. All oh, the time. I'm shocked, Kevin. All the time. God. Dealing with me was a nightmare. But nowadays, I try to remain reserved, right? The guy who tried to scam sure. me this weekend, yep. or this week, about my heater, which I'll tell you about in just a second. We have our callers online, just in case you want. Um, I'll tell you about that guy afterwards, but I'll slow play you. I don't need to confront you. I'll slow play you. That's fine. This guy, I'm like, I may have dropped an F-bomb on him at some point. Nice. Because he just kept going. I'm like, dude, are you fucking serious? Do you want to do this right now? In the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. What are times. you doing? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just trying to get home. I don't know what your problem is. But I used to be that other guy. So there you go. FCC is going to find us. Just dropped an F-bomb on the Internet. That's right. Everybody's uh, taking a drink right now. So <laughs> Two drinks for an F-bomb. All right. We have people? Yeah. Let's bring them in because we got a lot to talk about. We need to spend a little time with these folks. Whoa. My phone just blew up. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. Extra text. Is that some yeah. sort of... Jeez. Is that like the VIP text list that does that? Happened. Oh, my God. All right, I've got this list here. We got to... My bracket's a wreck. I'll bet it's better than Rosenthal's, but I probably didn't beat Deb Static. Matter of fact, I know I didn't because I looked on the challenge. Challenge. And she has me beat. But this is College Volleyball Weekly brought to you by the American Volleyball Coaches Association who will be running convention in just a couple weeks' time at the Women's Final Four, where we will once again appear and do our convention show, one of the greatest of the year. Maybe we'll get these two people in person on the headsets, spending some time with us in the gold medal square tent we will see. But welcome in Deb Static and Brandon Rosenthal once again to talk about the tournament. We're talking playoffs right now, and we are down to Sweet 16. Deb and Brandon, are you there? I love yeah, the fact that you just dropped an F-bomb. It happens. <laughs> it happens. That was an epic plane flight. That guy, man, he got he got a little taste. and He he earned it, though. you got to earn it these days before you just show up and I give it to you. You yeah. don't have to do much. Come on, who are you kidding, dude? Just to you. Come on now. All right, let's talk about the <laughs> Let's talk about the Sweet 16. And there, there were a few surprises through the couple of rounds here. And, Deb, I'll start with you. And I just want you to – what really shocked you in rounds one and two? And it doesn't have to be a loss. It doesn't have to be a win. It can even just be a performance or how it was done. I was talking earlier about 
Penn State and their dispatch of the American Indians of Utah and just getting rid of those guys in a hurry. I was surprised how effective they were, that it wasn't more of a match. Do you have stuff like that that you've seen through these first two rounds? Yeah, you know, I think something that's interesting is just kind of looking at what conference are, conferences are represented. You know, yeah. I, was, I was thinking we were going to have a better showing from, you know, even kind of our the, the Utah, kind of those lower, not lower level, but not the elite Pac-12 teams, and then the fact that all of the SEC teams are gone already, I, I think that was as shocking as anything. You know, we had talked about with Missouri being part of that conference this year and just really really tearing it up, how we kind of thought their level of play was better as a whole. But I think the, um, you know, shocking thing is just that they're all gone and they've just kind of dropped off the face of the earth left with a, a very Big Ten-dominated conference, or Sweet 16. Eight teams in, correct, and no teams remaining. Yep. Yeah, Saint, I'll, I'll tell you what, St. Mary's is probably fit to be tied right now. Yeah, uh, you know they're probably one of those programs that was on the outside looking in, maybe the last out uh, coming from the WCC, which got two teams in and both teams to the uh, Sweet 16. So, you know, everybody's piling on the SEC right now, and uh, you know I think one of the things is you got to take a look at. Uh, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, they all deserve to be there. I don't think anybody's arguing them. I think you could probably look at probably four or five teams from the SEC. I think, you know, SEC did a real smart thing. They understand the RPI. They scheduled that way, and they reaped the benefits of it. You know, it would probably be a little bit more of an argument had LSU not beat Michigan. Uh, That's probably – the one lone kind of standout right now, but uh, the SEC took a beating. Uh, you know, but the Big Ten is a, is a conference that, uh, you know, has really become that preeminent conference, I think, to battle the Pac-12 as of late, you know, over the past couple of years. And, and uh, I think everybody knew this was coming. Yeah, you have Washington from the Pac-12, you have USC from the Pac-12, Stanford from the Pac-12, looking for more, but I think those are the only representatives left from the Pac-12. And then the Big Ten, what, Michigan State, Penn State, who will meet, Minnesota, and interestingly enough, those three teams all in one bracket in the Sweet 16. I think that's a a very interesting deal. Is that the regionalization that we're looking at? Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, at that point, I mean, I think it becomes you got to put people somewhere. Um, you know, I think that that's the Lexington bracket. So, you know, I think you, you want to keep people somewhat close, but you know, it, it's tough. So, I, I I'll be interested. I'm headed there on Friday, so I'll be able to give you a little bit better report next week. All right, and if I have this correct, Deb, I have six teams from the Big Ten that remain in, but they are in just two brackets. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like I said, or he just said, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily regionalization. Once you have that many teams from a conference, you know, you're going to be running into people that you play all the time. Seven um, teams. Not, yeah, seven Deb, teams first off. What does that do to that uh, second round or that, that round matchup when these teams are meeting, in some cases, for the third time? Uh, how different right. are those yeah. matchups and the, the 
other potential setup where, you, like American University facing Texas, two teams that have no idea about one another. Right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at, obviously, Illinois, um, we're, we're going to have Purdue coming up next, which is a team that we've played twice already this season. Um, and, you know, if we get past them, we have Florida State, who we've already played. So you do kind of start getting into those second and third meetings of the year, and it's, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season because you know what's coming. I think that third meeting, you know, especially if you split the first two where they have been pretty good, pretty good matchups, it's just a free-for-all because so many other things factor into play than just a team skill level. You know, you have kids who are tired from finals or you have kids who are starting to get some flu bugs and just aren't healthy. So it really is just, you know, obviously talent comes into play. Obviously we would expect Texas to beat American. But once you get to the Sweet 16, it's just anybody's game. No matter Brandon, what you place the cake on that one. Brandon, give me your most surprising loss or, or your team that you thought would still be in that isn't in. Who really dropped the ball here in the first two rounds? Um, I think, you know, probably the, the surprising showing was, for me, Georgia and American. Uh, not, you know, I'm not saying that American uh, shouldn't have won. I think the way they won was pretty impressive. I mean, I, I think that match was 20, 13, and 11. And then, you know, to turn around and do the same thing to Duke the following evening, uh, you know, and I watched that match, it was... You know, when you look around, I'm kind of surprised that the home team's losing as much as they did. That's what I'm surprised at. You got Duke losing, Kentucky losing, uh, Missouri losing. Um, so you would hope, and I mean, in all, you know, when you're playing this out, you want to be playing at home in front of your home crowd. Hawaii lost. I mean, it's just it, it's amazing to me that you get a chance to go to the Sweet 16 and you got that many teams losing at home. I'm I'm shocked at that. Yeah, Hawaii was a surprising one to me, although they had shown some chinks in the armor throughout the entire season. They had had a few losses where you wondered what happened because you'd see them be world beaters and then you'd wonder what happened to them. Their identity didn't seem to be quite established. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's tough with that conference. You know, I think they had a little bit better uh, year, obviously with Cal State Northridge and and uh, Santa Barbara and whatnot. But uh, typically, you know, they're all by themselves. So I think, uh, you know, they're a young team, and uh, you know, there's no doubt that uh, you know that uh, they'll be a team to watch in the future. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Some losses throughout the year. And that's where the top 25, I think, does a, a disservice because once you're in the top 25, it's tough to get out. Uh, I, I would like to see more movement uh, by the top 25. Yeah, another – you mentioned Cal State Northridge. Congratulations to Jeff Storka on winning a match in the tournament. 3-2 over Colorado State. That's That was a surprising loss. Colorado State did not lose until very late in the season. They were 28-1 coming in, and they lose to CSUN 3-2 right off the bat. So that one, to me, was shocking and did not help my bracket very much. Speaking of brackets, the lower left of my bracket is completely dead. I had North Carolina and Mizzou uh, meeting in this round, and that obviously is not going to work out, or meeting in the Elite Eight even. Uh, Brandon, how's your bracket doing? I'm good. I'm solid, you know. Uh, I, here, here's my thing. I'm going to win this thing. You know that. 
Uh, you guys are going to bag on me all year long. And then at the end of the day, like just unbeknownst to you, you've already counted me out from the first round. And then unbeknownst to you, you're going to add up all the totals. And sure enough, who's going to come out of the dust? There I am, walking with chaps, Rose guns ablazing. Yeah, you snuck into the tournament. You, I don't even know that you were eligible. I think we had to have a special dispensation of the rules to uh, to get you in because you were sub five hundred. It's called Cinderella. It's called you're Cinderella. Like Cinderella. Everybody loves the Cinderella story. Just don't be jealous, okay? <laughs> I'm looking for Deb here. Deb, I think you uh, you have just enough points to be above me. You have forty eight. That actually best me by quite a bit. But uh, tell us about your bracket and. <laughs> You, are you dead or alive here as things move forward? Yeah, I think I'm I'm still doing okay. I think the big one for me, I am just fingers crossing that Texas and Nebraska still end up meeting. Um, that's, I don't know, if I had to pick one match that I'm just really anxious to see how it turns out, um, it would it would be that one. I had a couple. I picked some of those kind of, you know, I think I picked Oregon to get upset in the first round, and that didn't quite pan out how I thought. I picked Michigan State to drop, and they didn't, so... Some of my upsets I was kind of trying to get all creative on did not quite go as planned, but for, for the most part, I'm doing okay over here. Yeah, I'm with you on the creative part not really working out as the lower left is filled <laughs> with red X's for me. <laughs> really have no chance yeah. on that. I hope Nebraska runs the table because that would really help for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, interesting matchups here in the uh, Sweet 16. Brandon, I'll start with you. Can you kind of break down a couple that you uh, are really going to be watching and intrigued by uh, over this week? Matches start on Thursday, I believe it is, 6 p.m. I assume uh, what Deb was talking about was the San Diego-Nebraska. I think that's the one matchup right now that just jumps out at me <clears throat> from the standpoint of, you know, I think San Diego, if you, you know, again, they're getting all the way up to second or third in the nation and then plummeted, uh, you know, for one loss and then really without us ever talking about them again, just go on an absolute tear and do some nice stuff here, you know, early on in the tournament. So, um, you know, they dispatched of Arizona 3-0, and uh, I'll be interested. You know, you know that uh, Robinson from Nebraska is got to be somewhat tired. She got set a lot of balls, and, and it's just a matter of can she make it through. You know, Deb talked about that. Um, you know, at this point in time, it, it's kind of like all hands on deck, and we got to go. And if you're 60%, we need all 60% of you to go. Uh, so I'll be interested to see that uh, matchup. I think it uh, should be a fun one. I think everybody's probably going to look at it and say, ah, Nebraska's going to win this, no, no problem. But Nebraska's had a couple losses throughout the years that definitely, kind of like a Hawaii, raised some eyebrows. And I think San Diego was poised on this one. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to add a comment to what he just said. You know, Nebraska has Robinson, he just takes a ton of swings for them. But then they also have those two freshmen with the, the Rolfson twins. Um, and I think any time you have two freshmen on the court, they're either going to come to play or it's going to show. You know, Marquette had a, a great season this season. They made it to the tournament. They I think it's only the second time that their program has won one of the first rounds of the tournament. But in their last match, their youth is kind of what, what got them. So I think kind of something interesting just to watch across the board is how young players are performing. And, you know, that poise really does come into play. Um, in terms of matches, I have circled. 
I think I think Stanford and Minnesota is going to be a good one. You know, we have two of arguably the best middles in the country, very, very middle-dominated teams with Wopat for Stanford and um, Dixon for Minnesota. So I think that one's going to be going to be a good one to follow. Um, you know, obviously a lot of it will come down to serve and pass and which team is getting after it from the service line because I think for that one, whoever can keep them out of system, you know, they, they both, I'm not sure they can get it done exclusively with other hitters. So I think that one's going to be interesting even to see how they strategize and kind of attack it um, with both teams' game plans on that one. All right, so I, got, I want you guys to pick these right now. So Texas and American, Rosenthal. I think the Cinderella story ends. Texas. Okay. All right, Texas. Yep. I, can I agree with that, or do I have to pick opposite? No, you no. can agree now. That agree. would be great, because I think, I think I'm on your side on that one. All right, San Diego and Nebraska. Rosenthal, you might take USD. I am taking USD. Ooh, there you go. Deb. I'm going Nebraska. Nebraska. All right, I like when you guys split. It's good. Florida State, Chris Poole, Wisconsin. Rose. I'm going Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I think Sheffield's got him playing well in Carlini. I had a chance to watch her play. Chick is good. Yeah, yeah but I, I think you get a ticket if you don't pick Wisconsin, right? Don't they immediately ticket your vehicle? Uh, yeah, that's kind of how that works. And I just yeah. think Florida State's good, but I, you know, we talked. He just talked about it earlier. When you have a couple players who just carry the weight for you, it's really hard to maintain that elite level of consistency. So, I think Wisconsin has it a little more spread out. A little bit undersized at the pins, which is interesting, um, j- just in that not every team can figure out how to deal with an undersized hitter because they're hitting okay, at Ill- such a different point. So I think I'm Wisconsin. Illinois taking on Purdue. Rosendell, are you required to take your plaid brethren and Kevin Hambly? No, I'm going <laughs> Purdue on this. I'm going with my bald brethren and Dave Shondell. Uh, I, I like what Purdue is doing, and uh, I think that they've been one of those teams kind of lying in wait, uh, uh, in wake, I should say, uh, all year long. I'm picking Purdue. I do right. think Hambly's a sharp dresser, though. <laughs> He's yes. the coolest he guy in the gym. Very well. Deb, you going to pick your sister? Oh, for sure. Not even a question. Yeah. All right, I like it. Deb going with the family ties. Brandon Rosenthal eschewing the ties. All right, uh, Washington and Texas. Rosenthal. That would be Kansas. Washington and Texas. How about Kansas? Sorry. Kansas, whatever. <laughs> it's the middle of the country. All I do is fly over it. Other big sorry, Kansas. Hmm, this is a tough one, but I think Washington's got too much. I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm taking Washington. You'll take the Husky over the Jayhawk. I'm not sure that's a good choice in the mascots. Jayhawks, lots of them. <laughs> Pecking the Husky to death. Husky wins. All right, Husky wins. Uh, Deb? Uh, I'm going to take Washington, too. I just think they have too much firepower to not go with them. BYU Cougars taking on Southern Cal. BYU, I'm shocked at the win. I thought for sure this year they've had a great season. They're a good team, but I thought without the opposite, they weren't going to make it. They have made it to the Sweet 16. They face off with USC. Rosenthal. I'm going with the Cougs. Whoa! Taking the Cougs. That's it. There goes my national championship picture, if that really Can happens. Can I point out that on the challenge bracket it has Hawaii, who I had picked, and I was all excited. Now I don't know what my score is. I need to redo. It says Hawaii on here versus USC, and that's not the truth. That's what you have? 
No, that's what it says on the bracket. And that's what I had, so I got points for it. Now I'm all confused about what's happening. Maybe Hawaii and BYU are the same word in Canadian. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Deb. <laughs> I'll, I'll take USC on that. USC, Deb. I like how we have several split matches here. Stanford, Minnesota, Rosenthal. Oh, here's pick another Stanford. All... No. Pick I've been picking Stanford all year long. I'm staying with the Cardinal and the tree. All right. <laughs> and the tree. Cardinal in said tree. Deb, <laughs> Big Ten or I'll are take, you going I'll with take the, Minnesota. Uh, the wildlife? Okay. Yeah. Going with Hugh McCutcheon. I like uh, – God, I, yeah. I can't pick that matchup. That's a tough matchup. Michigan State and Penn State, familiar foes. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you want to pick points for Michigan State if you think Penn State's going to continue to roll, or can the Spartans do it? Rose. Penn State, they're too good, and and like you talked about earlier, when a team is doing what they're doing, uh, they're dangerous. Deb? Yeah, I think i got to take Penn State, too. You know, they, Michigan State beat them early in the season, but Penn State has just been annihilating teams ever since, so I think they're a whole different team this time around. All right, well, there's that round. We're going to have another round before it all it all gets done, but give me your final four. Before we go, give me your teams that are going to be in the Final Four, given the results you already know, not how you picked it off the start. I've got Penn State, Wisconsin, Texas, Washington. All right. Deb. Yeah, I have the same thing, except I have Illinois in in of Wisconsin. You put Illinois all the way to the Final Four. I love it. I love it. I am it. starting right now. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, guys, anything we missed that we haven't covered, tournament notes, stuff that people should look forward to. If we covered it all, we covered it all. But if you've got something to say, throw it out there because this is playoff time. You've got to leave it all on the show. Leave it all on the line. I think that's about it for me. Nice. Okay. That'll do. That'll do. We'll see. It's going to come down with Deb and Brandon. It's going to come down to just a few matches. The USD and Nebraska, the Illinois-Purdue, the BYU and Southern Cal and Stanford and Minnesota matches is where they differ. Going to be interesting. Roche, static. I'm looking forward to uh, dinner uh, hosted by Barnett uh, in Seattle. So thank you, guys. That's a great offer and uh, something we'll definitely take you up on. Thank you. I'll bring the NetLive credit card. We just have to make sure we get out of the restaurant before they realize there are no fun. Perfect. Reasonably priced. (laughs) Reasonably priced meal. Not for double-doubles. We will see you guys in Seattle, and we'll uh, talk to you next week before that happens. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Devin Brandon, College Volleyball Weekly. What's your final four, Kevin? Uh, from right now, from the teams that are in right now. What was your original final four? Uh, my original final four was Nebraska, USC, Penn State, all of whom are alive, so I'll stick with that. Then I had Mizzou on a dream run yeah. through that bottom bracket. But given the way the bottom bracket looks right now, it's tough. I think it comes down to Big Ten, definitely. I think Florida State gets eliminated by Wisconsin. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take the badges. I'll take the badges, and I don't have, really have a good reason. But I'll take the Badgers. Nebraska and Wisconsin. Okay. And then USC, Penn State. So you're you're alive. Yeah, 100% alive. Yeah. Although there's some other weird things like Michigan State beat Kentucky. Is yep. that correct? Yep. Michigan now in my, State in my, beat Kentucky. On my challenge bracket, it has Kentucky 
over Michigan State. Uh, I so I don't know what you. my points. I don't know what's happening right now. Like, am I still in third place, tied with nine other people? I'm beating you. That's all I know. I I don't know. I that's can't all that tell actually you. matters. I find it interesting that both of our both of our experts pick Washington to defeat USC. I think that's a tough match. I think they're going to meet in the next round. It's going to be brutal. That'll be fun. I know Roosevelt has BYU going through, but what round? When we get to Seattle, what round do we get to see? Just Final Four. Cool. We get to see the round of four, and then the that's on we're Thursday. leaving. That's on Thursday. We're leaving before the championship on. Yeah, Saturday. that's fine. And I stayed before through the championship. I enjoy the championship on TV. I think it's a, a nice TV product. Stadium's fine, but it's it's kind of anticlimactic. All the energy and all the buildup and everything that goes into the the convention and the All American banquet and the semifinals. That's when it's really heated up. I really enjoy the semifinals. It's my favorite time to be there. Um, there's somebody I'd like to say hello to. I was kind of listening. Didn't say we had to go to him, but we'd like to check in with him. Really? Yeah. Do you know who he is? I would, you know what I want to know is if he has a car. No, he's getting tires on his car now. What he car, though? He stole a car that apparently was old enough that it needed new tires within a month. He's still on mute, so I can't even respond right now. I, I don't know what this guy's doing. I he, want to know... Hold on. I think the contract numbers have been wildly inflated as they've been reported, and he's really struggling. Reed? Hello. What... Uh, what kind of car you got now that you put new tires on? Oh, that's just always going to be a mystery. Um, nice. But uh, it's it, first world it, problems, Jeremy. Oh, it's that's a, it's a huffy. First world problems. First world <laughs> problems. We don't have any problems in America that, uh, that we should complain about. That's, that's all we need to know. But, uh, yeah, I'm, at, uh, I'm getting some dealers. Um, getting some, you know, apparently... Some cars are sold with locks to on the prevent uh, anti-theft, yeah, you, and at sometimes prevent the owner from uh, putting new new tires and wheels on. If you don't lose the wheel lock, Reed, it's a lot easier. Usually, it's in your glove compartment. Yep. But if you let Caden play with it and he takes it outside and throws it in the yard and it's never to be seen again, then yes, you have an issue. Is, is that what that was? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So really, what's, really what's happening now, Reed's at the dealership getting 20-inch uh, rims put on his car. This is what's happening right now. That's what, that's what, that's what the deal is? Or, yeah. or is it just code for Reed is at the golf range preparing that, for the uh, upcoming yep. battle? Nice. That could be true, too. So preview our matchup. Uh, your next, next segment at all? Is there any nope, teasers out there? That's a, that's a good lead-in. We're going to tease it right now. Sinners and Saints? Is that what it is? It's if the you Ryder Cup, watch, that's how uh, that's how it's referred to in the uh, golf world. If you ever wondered what pro beach athletes do in the off season, we're going to give you a little insight into some of it. In between shifts at Taco Bell, for some of them, Ryan Doherty, we will we will give you an idea of how the better half live in the world of beach volleyball and what they do for fun come Christmas time. Sinners and Saints golf tournament. Ryder, Ryder Cup format, and read pretty. You can actually participate because you don't have to shoot your virtual 18 from a Turkish golf course somewhere. Exactly. In fact, little did I know it, but I've been training for this week uh, for over 12 months. Uh, I've certainly put <laughs> in my time. Uh, swing overhaul, new equipment changes, sponsorships, um, range. Hours and hours on the range, 
you name it, I, I put in the work, and it all led up to uh, I was apparently the uh, 16th. I was the last guy. Uh, they couldn't find anybody else, so they they got yeah. me. Who did it come down to, and, you and who? Uh, you know, you'll have to ask the captains that question when they come on the line, but um, I'm excited to participate. It sounds like a uh, it's sort of a merge of the Ryder Cup uh, golf event and the six-man. So somewhere in between... Uh, in the desert is going to be this event, four rounds of golf, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, actually, the best part about it for me is I go head-to-head with Rich Lamborn on Friday in my singles match. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Have you considered trying to kneecap him a la Nancy Kerrigan and Tonya Harding? No, I haven't gone that far. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll try to find some trick golf balls or – or, uh, <laughs> the exploding <laughs> golf ball would be good. Ball. How about, uh, yeah. yeah, who's uh, in that matchup? Who is happy and who is shooter? <laughs> uh, I, there's no question that uh, I'm the more erratic of the two. You know how Rich is. Steady Eddie, have you ever watched him pepper? I mean, he doesn't make a mistake. He's not going to hit it super hard. It's just going to be all control-oriented. And uh, he's going to play within himself. Uh, I'm going to see that uh, i got to hit it through a tree, over water, and clear 300 yards, and I'm um, somehow going to try that. Just make sure you so, yell at the ball. Are you too good for your home? Get in the hole. Yeah. We should have a sizzler side bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Most assuredly have a sizzler side bet. That and, is Reed, and you're on the Sinners squad, is that correct? I, I think that's justice right there. How does that work? Like, what uh, what did you do wrong to make it on the sinners squad? <laughs> you know, the reality is that we're all sinners and falling short of the glory of God, Jeremy. Uh, you know, only, great, great, only, great. That's a great point. Apparently oh, only half of us have uh, come to terms with our humanity. The other half, in uh, their self-righteousness, <laughs> are uh, deciding to, uh, yeah. Give me, give me the rundown. <laughs> give me the list here, so we know that the sinners features features pretty, and the uh, the Saints are going to throw out Lamborn in a gold medal matchup. Uh, but how about another matchup? Who else has made this cut of sixteen? You know, I'll name a few names, but you really got to go straight to the source: the Capitanos, uh, Jake okay, Gibbons, Tyler Hildebrand. All right, we're getting them on the line, so we'll leave that for them. We'll leave that to, to okay. describe their team. I know that do we have both of them on right now. They can hear us right now. Gentlemen, get your bios ready. I'm going to ask you to run down each of your team members, and I want to know one or two facts about each team member. And, it, you know, the, the facts, honestly, I used the word facts incorrectly. It doesn't have to be true. No, it could be all false. Just something about each one of these guys and, and what they're going to do, what kind of team you're going to put out. This is a... A celebrity, quote, air, unquote, quotes, air quotes, quote, celebrity unquote. tournament, Ryder Cup, Sinners v. Saints. We understand there are costumes. It's a little bit six-man-ish. You know what I noticed? Um, it might be a good idea to walk the second half of the tournament. You know what I just realized? Just for safety sake. They don't, I mean, don't you need a DJ for an event like this? Wouldn't you? I Wouldn't mean, you need an MC? I don't think my, my phone didn't ring. Wouldn't you have to fi- a hire a phone call or a text message? You'd have to hire an MC for the silent auction later. Something. Didn't hear no, about I'm that sorry. either. Probably Geeter. 
No, Probably Gator. he's too busy, bro. He's leaguing it. Oh, that's right. He plays with the Lakers now. Although he, he may have he, he called in sick. He may have called in sick to go to this because it's golf. <laughs> let's find out. Let's let's there. No, he and Big Game James are going to play. Tyler and Tyler Hill, Jay Gibb are now on the line. Oh, coach and player. Yeah, coach and player. I wonder how that. What's plays up, out. boys? How we doing? What's what up, up, gentlemen? Listen, Thank listen. For... First of all, this is this is Jake. Uh, don't disrespect the event and say that there are costumes involved because there are not. Oh, uh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, dude, we got a good squad. We got a uh, we got uh, uh, okay, Rich Lamborn. You got to give huh? us your team. Give us your team. Who are you ahead of? You're ahead of the Saints. I'm ahead of the Saints. Mm-hmm. So okay. just a little background. I don't know if you if you care for the background, but so yeah, it, give them the, the background. All right, 2007, uh, Rosie and I had a Hilton sponsorship. And part of that deal was you had $15,000 a year for hotel stays. And uh, we would stay together all year. And by the end of the year, we had like, I mean, $12,000 each to spend on hotels that we had nothing to do with. So, So we figured out a way to go out to La Quinta in Palm Springs and you could get a golf package and stay at the hotel. Because so, by Hilton. Yeah, so we would bring in, we would take out Is three Tyler guys each and just. The background? Is that what's happening right now? Yeah. And we would. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we would uh, we would run these you know these little tournaments where it was just you know my four guys against his four guys and and we started running that. We we did it like three or four times a year just because we got all this uh, extra money with uh, you know our Hilton sponsorship. So that, over the past six years, has spiraled into this Ryder Cup, where now it's eight on eight, and uh, we bring out the best guys we, we possibly can, and Lee Pretty made the cut this year. Happy to have him. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just fun, man. It's a good time. I love the fact that uh, he tried out to be your partner, couldn't make the cut there, but we brought him in on the golf. Good. <laughs> Uh, we still need your team, Jake Gibb. We need to know who besides Rick Lamborn is playing for the Saints. Okay, okay, got it. So, got me. We got Bob. Bob is a, a, a golf pro out of Goose, Goose Creek. Uh, then we have Mike Dodd. Mike Dodd's playing to about uh, an eight handicap, and he's just a gamer. Uh, then we got Adam Zuffinetti. He played uh, volleyball at BYU. Uh, Rich Lamborn, I think we all know he's the gold medalist from the 08 Olympics, and an absolute uh, stick with his uh, with his hybrids coming in from about 220 out. Uh, then then we have uh, then we have two of my brothers, uh, John and Dale Gibb, that are obviously with the Gibb name gamers. Uh, and I think that's it. That's my squad. Oh, and then we got Teddy. We got Teddy, who is uh, actually is a caddy for the senior tour, and uh, has lots of game, but just hasn't played a lot. I love this. You have Teddy the caddy, Bob the golf pro, and then Rich Lamborn, the gold medalist. The the gold medalist. Yeah. That's a solid. Oh, that's the only there. one I respect or that uh, give credence to in this uh, group. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, DJ Roche, why don't you kick it in here for uh, Tyler Hildebrandt, who is apparently captain of the Sinners. Sometimes when one of your team members owns the show, you get a little extra music to your lead-in. Tyler Hildebrandt, take it away, buddy. 
Hey, how's it going? What's up, Joe? Shay? Um, yeah, so we got um, Rosie. I want to first say Rosie's the captain of our team. I'm just filling in for him here because who knows if we'd ever get a hold of Rosie to get him on the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Rosie, obviously everybody knows Superman. Um, he's got a lot of game. I don't know where it's at right now, but he's coming in at about a six. We got uh, Wes uh, Kasem, who is uh, funny enough, he's uh, Jake's kryptonite. Last year, Jake went up. Jake went up against him three times, and Jake lost all three times to him. Guy plays a suits about 85 and took down Spiker all three times. <laughs> um, and then uh, we got Kendrick Cole. That's uh, one of Rosie's best friends back from high school. He's uh, Rosie's roommate. Um, he kind of he's going to be going head to head against John. I think they're, they're both about 28 handicaps, but we're capping them at a 20. I think so. <laughs> Um, and then we got, uh, shoot, who else do we got on our squad? We got Casey, my roommate, Casey Harwell, the, the head coach at Golden West. He's, uh, he shot, he shot in the seventies yesterday for the first time. Jake's trying to lower his handicap, but we're going to go with what Yahoo says. We, we had all the guys go on to Yahoo and put in all their scores for the last year, uh, last year or so. So, uh, we're going to go with what it says on the score. Did someone uh, check Reed Pretty while he was doing that? I, you got to make sure Reed Pretty was putting in the right yeah, scores. Yeah, correct. Yeah, he, he's not on Yahoo. He's on a different. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, All so right. We got Casey, and then who else am I forgetting, Jake? We got oh Tyler it's Caldwell. It's embarrassing. You, 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 you sure to see what squalor and, <laughs> and how what disarray they have on their team. Well, well some, I mean, they don't even know their team players. It's you can see how this is going to turn out. There's a reason we, we gave him pump up music and everything. I'm, I'm only forgetting one more, and he has actually stood up in my wedding as one of my groomsmen. He plays me at Long Beach State for for four years. Uh, Tyler Caldwell, he's a South Bay guy, mirror coach the kids, and uh, that rounds out the team. All right, LBSU guy, I like it. Yeah, he's an LBSU guy. I'm surprised he didn't make the Olympic team. That was happening a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> average score of this group here. Give me the uh, the average score for this group if they're just shooting uh, out on their own, not in competition, because I know that the Gibbs are gamers and Bob Golf Pro can skew it off. But for the rest, what are we throwing down a normal 18? We actually have the, the cool thing about it is we have I have eight guys uh, anywhere from like a two handicap all the way up to a twenty, and and uh, Team Sinners has the same thing. So, and it almost matches up perfectly. Like Reed will be going, will be going. He's a fifteen handicap. Is that right, Reed? Uh, we cut him off. Uh, yeah. Hey. No, he's still. Oh, oh yeah. He clipped oh. him. So he'll be going head to head with a guy that's a fifteen handicap. That happens to be my brother Dale. So. Everyone kind of has their matchup where it's uh, their equal handicaps. We have them spread out. So we have like a, you know, we have a, a three handicap, a six handicap, another six handicap, a nine, a ten, a fifteen, and an eighteen. So it's uh, it's spread out. And uh, something needs to be said about Tyler Hildebrand, though. Uh, a couple years ago, he was on my team, and <laughs> he became a trader and has been treated as such since that day that he uh, he joined Rosie's team. And 
and has, as I recall, has not won the cup since he he became a trader and uh, and has dearly paid for that mistake. And I just think the general public should know that. Karma is bitch. The, the cup. Is there an actual cup? What does it look like? Can we get a picture tweeted of it if it does exist? Can I have it for a week and drink? Yeah, it? I can. Uh, I can. Uh, I can get a picture of it. Uh, it's it's at the engraver right now. Um, I was gonna go get one. But uh, I actually, uh, Bob Grinnell, the, the guy out of Goose Creek, he had an old one from like 20 years ago that he used to use for like a challenge of the Church's Cup. And uh, so he gave it to us. It's weathered. It's awesome. And it's at the engraver right now. So it'll be coming in. on. Uh, I'll get it on Tuesday before we go out there. Nice. So this is happening on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday through Friday or something? When is this happening? When, yeah. can, when can stars of the volleyball world and others be seen amongst the golf courses? Yeah, there'll be uh, there'll be there'll be four rounds over three days. There'll be an afternoon round on Wednesday, and then there'll be thirty six on Thursday, and then a morning round on Friday. Just kind of similar to the to to the way the Ryder Cup goes. There'll be a best ball format. There'll be an alternate shot format, and then a singles will be the final day. Now I know you guys are professionals, and perhaps staying in a hotel with a bunch of guys for three or four days while only playing golf will not affect you won't affect your behavior nor your choice of drink throughout the four days. However, there could be others. Who is most likely not to show up for the last round? Rosie. <laughs> Rosie. Rosie. All right. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Actually, there might be a few guys on Team Centers, but I'm going with Rosie. What, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I mean, having spent seven years with the kid, I think that's a pretty sure bet that he's the, the highest probability. <laughs> keys, wallet, phone. Keys, oh. wallet, phone. Keys, wallet, phone. Keys, wallet, phone. Yeah, I do that one every day going out. All right, boys. Well, you know, it might be better with costumes. I don't know. Maybe you should try it. And... Don't disrespect this, Captain. This <laughs> well, very got, um... well Thank you, Roche. Yeah. We should we should say that uh, not costumes, but we do have Mizuno putting some uh, polos out for Jake's team, and Under Armour putting out some polos for uh, for team centers. So perfect. Very nice. Do you have any other prizes put out by some sponsors for the winners, or is it just pride in the cup, a cup full of props? It's pride, the cup, and we all throw in a hundred dollars into the kitty. So there's uh, I guess sixteen hundred to be one for the uh, the team. The, the team is walking the your cup. So that, cool. Yeah. Double your money unless the captain comes up with some sort of weird world league split where he gets like 65% and you split up the other 30%. Like you have to... Yeah, the perfect. The MVP gets a 20%. Yeah. 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 Watch out, team sinners. Don't, don't let pretty in charge. You got all kind of math backed up from years of that world league money. He's like, where's the per diem? We've got to take per diem out of this. <laughs> Hey, uh, Tyler Hildebrandt, Jake Gibb, and uh, what's your name again? Oh, Reed Pretty. Thanks for calling in and letting us in on what you guys do in the off season. It sounds like a load of fun. Have a great time, and we look forward to seeing a picture of the cup as well as uh, getting a, a report. Yeah. We'll definitely need a report next yep. week. Probably from the winning right, team, thanks. not the bitter losers. But... <laughs> All right, thanks, yeah, thanks for having thanks us, for having guys. On. Yep. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for checking in. Congratulations on a great season, by the way, Tyler and Jake. Uh, we've had Casey on. You guys were awesome this year. It was fun to watch. Reed's still on. Oh, we still have Reed. Good. Hi, Reed. Hey, guys. You know, I, I just – Jake uh, gave Tyler a hard time for, for not knowing his team. I mean, we're sinners. You know, we're not organized. 
Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. We don't, we don't even have it planned. We're just going to show up and dominate it. Right now I'm thinking about what I'm going to do the week that I get the cup. Where am I going to take it? Where is it going to go? You know, because it's just like the Stanley Cup in a sense, right? I mean, well, we've got to all eat go out for a week. It's on an eight-week tour, and uh, it's time that the centers uh, get a chance. Well, the gym car so, only goes uh, 25 miles on a clip, so how many is that? Eight times 25. You're only going 200 mile radio. Well, you got to get back home, so it can only go 100 out, 100 back, I yeah. guess. You can uh, you can admit you're <laughs> just getting true. new tires in the gym car because you've been using that full time. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? There is there is a moral of the story here, and that's for you two. You should have never moved this, the show from my house because uh, my wife has already made these awesome goodie bags for the trip. And if you can imagine a all guys golf trip, what's in that goodie bag? I got a, I got a nice wife. And uh, you're, you guys are missing out on all those little treats and snacks that she used to make for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bummed. That that kind of bums me out. But I've only done one show at your house, so. And that's why we can't <laughs> do it anymore, Roche. Because of me? Yeah. 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 That lamp you broke wasn't a good idea. Well, if I get per diem and a car service, <laughs> I'll be more than happy to go to Reed's house every Monday. <laughs> well, maybe when I'm, uh, hey. if I'm sporting the WRX STI, I'll be inclined to rip I'm it down to Reed's place. I'm not doing rally courses down to Huntington Beach. Oh, it's yeah. you driving. It's going to be a different no, world parking a, a blue gonna... STI in the garage. Nope. Yeah, buddy. All right. Reed Pretty, right, thanks guys, for hey, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to next week where we get, actually get to see each other face-to-face and uh, do a show. That'll be fun. Are you coming to Seattle? Is that the official word that you're coming to Seattle? You know, I don't book my t- tickets until the day before, but uh, I'm planning on it. Unless something better comes along, I'm totally in. <laughs> <laughs> Completely committed. Unless, unless you can get a round of 18 <laughs> with just some random guy. Yeah. They're going to have freezing snow golf in Seattle. You can play golf in Seattle. There's no snow in Seattle. It's just rain. you got to drive the mountains for go- for that. Dude. Yeah, we can it's going to be like 40 and raining. Perfect. Bring your coat. Can't, can't wait. Bring Sounds your awesome. marmot wear. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds totally awesome. All right, Reed Pretty. We will hope to see you there. And uh, whoever books your tickets, get them to uh, get it a little bit early. You know, seven days purchase makes a difference. Awesome. Almost 100%, 100% sure I'll be there. Just maybe, possibly. See you guys. <laughs> 60% of the time, it works every time. Good times. <laughs> good times. Oh, my goodness. Well, that sounds like fun. That uh, that sounds like you a think? good time. Hey, uh, you know, I'm not sure of a good segue to this, but I wanted to share this story with our <laughs> listeners. I, for, for many years, Uh-oh. I have felt, or I did feel, I should say, like I was missing out on something. Okay. I had never... And, and not for lack of trying, not for lack of handsomeness, not for lack of illicit purchases on the Internet. I had never been approached by a Nigerian prince to help him move his money between the United States and Nigeria. And I felt disadvantaged. I had never won a foreign lottery. And I felt like I, I, felt like I had won a foreign lottery. I was just waiting for the notification. Yep. About two years ago, I finally started getting those emails. Okay. So I felt like, okay, I've made it. I've done something. Yep. Now I've crossed another scam barrier. Okay. My heater in my home doesn't get used that often here in SoCal, except this morning when it was 39. It's been acting up the last couple of years, uh-huh. not running well. Mm-hmm. I have a guy. I have a, a thing that says 79 bucks, tune up, 
and we'll give you a carbon monoxide detector. Okay, fine. I just need somebody to come out, look at the heater, clean it, make sure it's fine. Yep. Have the guy out. service. Guy comes out for service. He's a little off anyway, asking me too many questions, this, that, and the other thing. I tell him the heater's been kind of coming on, going off, but still working. He comes up and looks at it. He's taking it apart. He's cleaning it. He's got the, the electric motor and the fan outside. He says, uh, Kevin, and just like this, uh, I want to have you come out and look at this. Uh, it's, uh, it's just just something I want to show you. So I go out. He's got like in the backyard or front yard? Front yard outside the front door. He's, okay. he's got the thing out there. It's Heater parts huge, sprawled everywhere. No, huge fan in the motor. And he's telling me, you know, this motor here, uh, do you see this oil? This is, this is oil down here, this, this black stuff. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of dirt on the fan. They've got this oil here. and This motor's cracked. I'm like, what do you mean cracked? Well, it's a it's a you know oil sealed motor and it's 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 cracked and uh, you know this oil down here is a problem and uh, it's just it's it's not in good shape. And I said, what? Well, do you have to service it? I mean, what do you want to do? You want to oil it up? Because oh, once once it's cracked, you can't oil it. I'm I'm looking at the motor. Yep. This bozo doesn't know I know a thing or two about electric motors. Yep. And he said, well, you know, you you could get a little more service out of it. You could you might get a couple more years service out of it. I said, well, how much is it to rebuild it? He says, well, that's about 550 bucks. Hmm. All right. Well, put it back together. Clean it up. Put it back together. Okay. Okay. I'll put it back together. Puts it back together. First of all, it's just a standard electric motor. Oil up the freaking bearings. It'll be fine. <laughs> he brings it up here and puts it back in. I'm sitting downstairs waiting on him. He comes down again. He goes, well, Kevin, I, uh, I found some stuff. I said, "Yeah, what'd you find?" He goes, "Well, dead mice. I got some. Uh, I got some good news and, and and I got some bad news. What do you want first? Literally that slow. I got I got things to do. Just tell me what you're trying to tell me, bro. I told I said, "Dude, just tell me what did you find, and not not that testy." But yeah. I said, "Dude, just tell me what you found." Yeah. He goes, "Well, uh, Kevin." Kept using my name. I'm like, I'm going so slow. Yeah. I'm not an old lady. Well, um, I got this estimate here. And we, we found a, a fracture fault in your, your containment unit. And, and there's carbon monoxide perhaps escaping into, into your air uh, when your heat's running. I said, really, what's a fracture fault? Well, it's when the, the gases, they burn and they get pushed out of the firebox out into the air. And they come through. And I, I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, you know, if... if uh, if you look at this estimate here, uh, I, c- I could take care of it. I said, "Really?" He hands me the estimate: fifty-six hundred bucks to rebuild it, to not poison your family with carbon monoxide. Right, a mere fifty-six hundred dollars not to poison my family. Yep. <laughs> I look at it. I had a hard time not laughing. And uh, I said, "Really, fifty-six hundred bucks?" See, this is the point at which twenty-three-year-old Barnett would have grabbed him by his shirt, the little Julio. Name tag. Yeah. And I would have thrown him out the front door head first. Yep. Maybe bashed him on the door on the way out. Yeah. But 53 Barnett would did. I, oh, I'm sorry. I slow played him. Yeah. So he, he says, well, I can show you. I come up here. Crawl in the heater. Yep. He's got his little camera. He has me crawl in the heater. Well, see those black spots? That's where that's where it's escaping. That's where the flame's coming out. I said, oh, really? He says, well, well what do you want to do, buddy? What do you want to do? I said, I'm sure as hell not paying you 5600 bucks right now. Yeah. I said, how about you put the thing back together? So he starts putting the thing back together. I get on the Internet right here. 
and uh, I look up units. They're 1600 bucks for a unit. He comes out. I say, oh, well, man, what do you want to do? I say, hey, I could buy a unit here for 1600 bucks. You're telling me installation is four grand? If it's four grand for installation, I am opening Barnett Services tomorrow. Sweet. I will be in your business. Yeah. If that's really what it is. Well, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And you got to do everything. And, and, I, and he goes on to tell me I should rebuild this heater for $5,600. Mm-hmm. Then later in the conversation, after telling me, oh, you know, it's like, it's like putting a 67 Mustang back together. You know, it's just what, what you got to do. He tells me later in the conversation that the heater is a piece of junk. So at which point I said to him, so you're telling me I should rebuild not a 67 Mustang, but a 72 Pinto. <laughs> classics. The classics. And forget that shield in the back with the, you know, whatever, you don't want the yeah. car exploit. So just laughing at him, well, well, what do you want to do? He keeps going back to that. What do you want to do? This is where his demeanor is all wrong. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I am not paying you any money. So, well, I can get a, a further quality assurance technician out here to... To confirm my findings. They go, you send whoever you want. Yeah. Guy comes out. Another guy. His guy. His quote, guy. Quote, unquote. His quotes. guy. Yep. Same company. This is, by the way, for your information, this is Cole Services of Southern California located in Gardena. Was that him on the It has right a there? code of ethics on the back. Oh, yeah. Let me see it. No, it's not him, but oh, okay. it has a code of ethics on the back of this beautiful folder. They spent a lot of money on folders. So they send the second guy out. The second guy comes out, tells me, oh, yeah, you know, fracture fault. Boy, that's really a problem. Dangerous. And the first guy told me before he left, I have to red tag your furnace. You can't run it. By law. By law, I have to red tag the furnace. It's dangerous. Yep. I said, you go ahead and red tag it. I'm going to turn it right back on. Next guy comes out. He tells me that he can replace my furnace for 5200 Ooh, bonus. And I said, dude, really? Because it looks like plug and play. It's accessible right here. I have flexible ducts. You can just plug it right. Well, we have to move some uh, some of this and some of that. I said, four grand? Well, it's a better unit and this. I said, okay. Well, what do you want to do? Second guy, what do you want to do? Well, what do you want to do, Kevin? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, take it easy, guy. So I get him out of here. I call another guy. First of all, I turn the heat back on. It's late in the day on Thursday. Freezing. Friday, I got, I got another guy arranged to come out Friday. Dude comes out, drives down from like Whittier, like 40 minutes to my house. Guy from my uncle. He comes down, comes in the house, checks the heater, looks at the heater, goes, no, the heater's fine. I've been running the heater now at this point. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's working fine. Brings in the carbon monoxide detector, the measuring device, not an alarm, but a detector. Puts it right into the stream, nothing. And I told him, actually, it's not turning on and turning off anymore. Now it's just running until the house is warm. It's actually running better. Yeah. So the first guy, I give him credit, he did clean it. He cleaned it. Yeah. The guy says, no, it's fine. Dude spends 15 minutes talking to me after checking out the heater, after educating here me for 40, 45 minutes. about heaters, yes. Says, all right, you're in good shape. See you later. Walks out. No bill. I was going to ask him, hey, what do I owe you? Yeah. He was gone before I could ask him. He's like, I'm out. I was talking to him, and he's like, all right, and just <laughs> out the door, gone. Second guy, playing the long game. First guy, flat out scam artist. Scam artist. Gardhoff said, if this story ends with Jeremy passing out due to carbon monoxide exposure, it's so worth it. (laughs) (laughs) But I have never... That's a full-on, like, you've made it at this point. I have never in my life had someone stand in front of me and try to scam me on something like that. 
Yes, I've bought things from, you know, almost free in Mexico. I've bought things in China at the Great Wall where they start out at 10,000 won and we get down to like 20. Yeah. That I get. Yes, I'm in the market for a WRX STI. I'm going to try and get a few grand off of that. Do you fit in a Subaru? Dude, that thing hauls okay. mail. Anyways. Yeah, I fit nicely in it. Uh, it has great headroom, too. Do stand the bargaining aspect of some businesses. I don't like the car business, but I understand how it yeah. works. I have never had someone stand in front of me for 10 or 15 minutes, work on something in my home, and absolutely try to scam me. Now, when he came in, the first question was he asking was kind of like asking what you do for a living. Yeah. So, like, he's like, okay, how much can I charge for this? He's gauging the neighborhood. Yep. He looks at the neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood. Yep. And this absolutely happens down here, too, with landscape guys. Of course. With tree repair guys, with guys who come in and and, uh, maintenance your landscape, the mow and blow guys. It costs more. If you get a guy from PV, he wants double what somebody from Gardena wants. Of course. For the same job. Yeah. And that happens all the time. I need a fence. Some guy wanted $15,000 for a redwood fence. I'm like... Dude, I know what the materials cost. Yeah. I know what it takes to do it. I just don't have time to do it. Fifteen grand? Did you leave the Ferrari in the garage today when you brought the work truck out? Stood in my home and tried to scam me. Unbelievable. Cole Services, Gardena, California. You guys suck. Are you going to contact Better Business Bureau? I might go that far. I'm definitely going to just flame it up on Yelp. I mean, people don't call the Better Business Bureau anymore. Unless you're 85, if you I don't sh- call the Better Business Bureau. If I show up next week and like you're laid out on the floor, the cats are all laid out on the floor. Like, <laughs> if it looks like the Heaven's Gate. So what you're saying is, is it wasn't a scam, is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> if it looks like the Heaven's Gate cult in here, yes, and we're all laid out with our purple Nikes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cold Services did a good job. Sweet. I, I could not believe it. I could not. At least you knew. Yeah. And, and this is where I was saying earlier, guy on the airplane got the what for. This dude would have gotten the what for years ago. Now, I don't have time for it right away. I save it for the podcast. You've got to save material for the net live. Texas Troll said the only thing that would make it better is if he rang the doorbell and was slurping a 44-ounce Smoothie King. <laughs> <laughs> he never would have made it in the door. I would have slapped it out of his hand like a... Like that old Sonic commercial where the guy goes to put a tater tot in his mouth. The guy yeah. slaps the tater yeah. tot out of his yeah. mouth. Brandon Rosenthal did that to a friend of ours. <sighs> High moment in one of our camps. Well, that was a good story, Kevin. Uh, uh, so what do you want to do? So what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want to do, buddy? Use the term buddy. Not your buddy, buddy. I'm not your buddy, pal. Sheesh. Here's the good news if you're a fan of the NetLive. Oh, here's the good news. We have one more show coming up Monday. Yep. Bonus show, convention show, one of our best of the year, coming up on Friday. Bonus. And our Monday show, we're going to endeavor to make this happen. This is what we've done in years past. We have had five minutes with each of the final four coaches. Good luck with that. Because we'll know who it is. We'll get them five minutes, real quick answers. Hey, here's a little information about my team, how we feel, the matchup. Boom, done. We know those guys don't have much time, five to seven minutes. We've had a lot of fun with that. We will endeavor to get that done for Monday's show. Of course, we won't know who the teams are until Saturday night. Uh, I believe it's Saturday night, if I'm looking at my bracket correctly. Semi-final number two, and then regional final on December 14th. So that, oh, that might be Friday. Thursday, Friday. 
So we will endeavor to make that happen and get those guys on here. Then we have our convention show, and that's always one of our best shows of the year, not because of us, but because of the people we bring on. Because of all the people that are at convention, if you are a volleyball person out there and have not had an opportunity to be at convention, you should take that opportunity. It is not just the Final Four. It is teaching, coaching opportunities, volleyball vendors. There are all kinds of fun competitions. There are parties. There's a sand court inside. It's an opportunity to come and have a lot, a lot of fun. I can't wait. So that's where you want to be. You want to be at convention. Do we know what time our show is going to be on Friday? Because you have to do it before the court and spot. Yeah, I think it's 3.30 to 5.30, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Western. But we'll, uh, Western we'll make sure we let everybody know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be it should be an excellent show. And then we're, we're treading towards the end of the year. That's it. That's going to be the last Net Live of the year is at convention. So we have two shows to go in 2014. And we will – we had this discussion. Do we want to open – we will maybe open the year with our last year's awards. That will be our first show. The Netties. The Netties. We yeah. will have the Netties in the new year. Yeah. We will give our 2014 awards after we assess – 2013 awards – after we assess the entire work plan of 2013. <laughs> yeah, we have runners for that. <laughs> Matt Gardoff. It's mostly Brandon Rosenthal and Brandon Higa, but we generally have runners that we can send around. And we have Gold Medal Squared this year. We already are in the booth. You can count on some big names coming out of that. Let me just throw something out there now and publicly. We're going to Seattle. I am not going to be your bitch boy while we're there. Let's just, I'm just going to let you know that right We're now. staying at my cousin's house. Yep, you're making me sleep on the floor. You're sleeping on the floor. Well, it'll probably be a nice couch. You might have to do Rodeo Donkey with my cousin. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Never mind. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're staying at my cousin's house. Yep. I also will be reviewing Anthony Bourdain's Layover. Don't know what that means. Is a show on the Food Network. Okay. Or which, whichever channel it was. Yep. We're going to some great Seattle Eats. Perfect. Great Seattle Eats. That has fantastic food in Seattle. I did tell you that uh, you see my green smoothies I bring with me every Monday yes. when we come to the show. That while I'm in Seattle, I expect you to make me green smoothies while I'm there. You will be off the green smoothie program. <laughs> we will get you wheatgrass shots to go along I will, with your... I will have Nicole send you the recipe. It's pretty easy. You just need a bunch of fruit and some kale and some lettuce, and you chop it up and blend it up. Do you have a Vitamix? Yeah. Okay, I don't have a Vitamix yet. Well, tell your cousin to hook it up. <laughs> That's what the NetLive should buy me, is a Vitamix. Tell your cousin to hook it up. That's what I want. All You're I want for make Christmas... Me, I can make me pre-made smoothies and bring them from California. I expect you to get up early, Thursday morning, <laughs> Friday morning, Saturday morning, and make me smoothies before I have to leave the house. Well, while you're doing Rodeo Donkey, I'll see what I can do. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Reed, we'll see if Reed will be there 24 hours before we get on our flight. Should we take bets right now? What are the odds? What, what, where, what's Vegas placing I think the in? odds are 15% that Reed will be there. 15%. So would that be like a 8 to 1? Sure. That sounds right. Oh, Reed Pretty. So Thursday, I should expect to eat good food and yeah. see matches, right? Thursday, I get to see matches. Thursday, evening. Thursday night. And then Friday, I get to eat more good food. I got to work on tickets. And uh, can we do media since we're in that line? Who do we need to talk to? I'll work on it. Yeah, make it happen. I'll work on it. i got to add it to my list of things to do today. I expect to be VIP while I'm there, Kevin, just so you know. All right, I'm, I'm noting it now. Noted. Tickets for Jeremy. 
Yep. Oh, so you have tickets but they don't have them for me? No, I, I don't this have any yet not, either. That's not cool, Kevin. I hear you. I don't know what Rodeo Donkey is, but I don't plan on doing it for 48 <laughs> straight hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of The Net Live. We want to make sure we thank Barry Goldberg and wish him the best at the American University with his Eagles taking on Texas this week. Thanks for coming on the show. Brandon Rosenthal and Deb Static, as always, doing a great job during ABCA College of Volleyball Weekly. We want to thank the ABCA for their support of this program. Thanks to Reed Pretty for calling in. Thanks to Tyler Hillebrand and Jay Gibb. Have a great time at the Sinners and Saints. Eight versus eight Ryder Cup format golf tournament that will be done in the desert this week. No costumes. We'll look forward to the cup. <laughs> and somebody ought to wear a costume just, just now since we promoted it as costumes. That should happen. Thanks to you for listening. Remember, we have a show coming up next Monday, and we have a special convention show coming up on Friday from Seattle. Get out there and watch some volleyball. It's going to be the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 happening this week. Good week to be a volleyball fan. See you, people. Pass along the way Well, I got down on my knees And I pretend to pray You know the preacher likes to call He knows I'm gonna stay